Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesu sleeps, yet to awake, deathless and reassure us. And therefore is it that grave where he is laid, this legend hath that still his kingdom keeps. Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And I'm Elle. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin, and we did that. We're done, Chris. We're done. absolutely finished. Locked There's in, defeated, victory. No, we no did more it. episodes of Merlin. Dun 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 dun. Uh, we are joined this week uh, by a lovely member from our community, Auntie L, uh, that we have spoken about several times on the podcast. L, thank you for coming along with us and, and talking about the show with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am thrilled to be here. If, uh, if you're new to our feedback episodes, this is going to be uh, a fairly lengthy episode. The first half will be us kind of talking about the show as a whole, the finale, now that we've had a couple of weeks to ruminate in its juices. That's what you do with juices, right? You ruminate it? I ruminated them, definitely, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and then we're, the back half of the episode is going to be all feedback that we have gathered from our listeners and our community. There's a lot of it, uh, and there is some really interesting stuff in there, so I'm excited to get into it. Uh, first off, L. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your experience with Merlin. How'd you find it? And when'd you start watching? Give us give us all the details. So I, uh, in case you can't tell, I am from England. <laughs> uh, just just, just to, to get that out there right now. Um, so I watched Merlin as it aired. Like it was like from season one, from the like jump, I was, I was in there. And actually it was my mum who introduced me to Merlin. Um, so Merlin kind of, it aired like Saturday night primetime. It was like the family show to watch. It was like a, a huge thing. Um, and so Saturday night, I was still living with my mom and dad at the time. And Saturday night, they would sort of order a takeaway curry and sit down and watch it. And if I wasn't out getting drunk with my friends, then I would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was like, I was like 
25. So, you know, that's what you do when you're 25. Right. right. That, that's uh, what you do when you're 45. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> or you just do it at home now. Like, because <laughs> we don't want to go out and be with people anymore. Um, so, yeah. So then my mom was like, you have to watch the show because it's got a really cute guy with big ears in it. Um, oh. Genuinely, my mom was like in love with Colin Morgan. I really hope she doesn't listen to this episode because she'll kill me for saying that. Um, uh, and and we watched it and I was like, yeah, he's okay. But I was like into Bradley James at the time. Um, and just kind of, I liked season one. Um, I enjoyed it, but I kind of, I wasn't like super into it at that point. And then in the break between season one and two, I somehow switched allegiances and became obsessed with Colin Morgan and, <laughs> um, because I'm incredibly fickle. Uh, and then I joined the Colin Morgan message board on, on the line, yes. on the, on, yes. on the days of Excellent. message boards, on the Fantastic. days when they were a thing. Um, made loads of friends on there actually, who I am still friends with today, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, then, uh, just became like all in just, just went from like zero to like 10,000 in the space of a couple of months uh went on holiday to Pierre Fons to the castle with a couple of the girls from the message board who I'd never met before who were from Germany um and started a tumblr and that was really the beginning of the end that's for the, me, that's obviously. the big mark. That's, that's that's the thing but forget forget traveling to another country to to visit the castle they made the show in no it's when you it's when you make the tumblr that's that's the big step are you willing well, to reveal what what the tumblr was in, in public i don't know if, i didn't i didn't want to say this in case this was a private detail but you no, mentioned no. this in, in a server so um well so it didn't start with the one that you're referring to actually it started with just like a normal tumblr of like fandom stuff and then season three happened and we met Gwen. and as i've said i'm very fickle ah. so i <laughs> i switched allegiances pretty quickly and immediately was like okay like Gwen is me i am Gwen. uh i'm gonna i'm gonna start a, a tumblr rp and tumblr rp was like a thing that was kind of happening and i was the right. first Gwen tumblr rp um oh. the, the, uh, that is a, a claim to fame i lost my um my original url because i didn't log on to it for years um but it was removed when uh, in the great porn purge of 2019 it, it was <laughs> it was uh, and then somebody else took it and never posted well you know Gwen is basically r.i.p Gwen's nuts <laughs> but his no it's still there i got it back oh like, so, so the Gwen cool. the Gwen tumblr exists it is there it, it for all to see if anybody <laughs> wants to go and and i read i read it all back from start to finish after i started listening to this podcast um because i was just getting nostalgic about everything um and it's it's not terrible, but it, I, I definitely remember it being a lot better at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to uh, uh, question you extensively about your Queen. Or no, I'm kidding. I want to I want to get into actually going to the castle and some of the because you visited not just the castle. I think you've mentioned there's a, there's a couple of other places that you've been where where like real world locations where Valley of the Fallen there. Kings. Yeah, yes, yeah, the, yeah. The Dark Tower. <laughs> that's, that's, no, that's I genuinely, genuinely been to the Valley of the Fallen Kings because it's part, uh, part of it's filmed in Puzzlewood. So yeah, I have been there. <sighs> See, well, we were trying to make jokes, and then England just turns out to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how? Like, I, I would imagine that's such a fun experience. First off, like meeting internet friends in general is a it's it's always a little like nerve wracking, but then it just becomes like you're instantly best friends somehow. Mm -hmm. At least that's how it's almost always worked for me. And then exploring this thing that you've only ever seen on TV has to be some this, it's just an extremely cool thing. It was yeah, it was really cool. I mean, so um, the girls that I met with, obviously, like none of us had met up with anyone online before because I guess this would have been sort of two thousand and ten. 
I think it would have been. So it might have mm. been between seasons two and three, actually. Um, yeah, it was it was 2010. Uh, and, you know, so that's still kind of in the early-ish days of, like, internet fandom being, like, a really big thing. Um, weirdly enough, I mean, I guess I, I was in my mid-20s, but my mum and dad were, like, fine with it. They were just like, yeah, sure, go have fun. I was like, okay. My boss, my boss was like, I think you're going to get murdered. But, like, um, but my mum and dad were totally cool with it. They're like, yeah, you know, do whatever you want. Um, so I did. Unfortunately, they were exactly who they said they were and lovely people and uh, like I say I still talk to them today so they might listen to this so I hope they do shout out um, shout out shout out to Nina and Taz um, and uh, yeah it was just so so much fun um, the castle at the time because they were still filming it still had some of the sets in oh it. wow oh cool yeah I mean so people you would go to the castle the castle would remain like a tourist location even while they were filming um, so people would go and they would just stand on the sides and watch them film huh. um, like throughout the whole thing there's so much kind of behind the scenes footage and you used to get loads and loads of like spoiler footage that would come up on Tumblr <laughs> people just film like videoing bits of them filming because they couldn't shut it down because it's like a national monument kind of thing right. it's you know it's and France don't really it's the price you pay for for filming in a real castle I guess yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah no doubt but then they had like boards up with kind of pictures of all of the cast so huh. me and my friends like we were there for a week and it's quite a small part of France um we did we went to Paris one day and we drove to Park Asterix which the cast videoed themselves in season one going to Park Asterix so it was a little bit of a Merlin pilgrimage ah. um but then we kind of we ran out of things to do, so we just decided to make finger puppets of the Merlin characters. <laughs> and I have loads of pictures of them like posing in front of different different um <laughs> You gotta make the most of your time, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean we had no nothing. So like I think I made I made the great dragon out of coffee filters. Wow. Um, listen, you know, crafty. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> better, slightly better than the actual CGI dragon that we get in the show. Yeah, Come yeah. On. To be honest, Come mine. On. I think mine was better actually. I, think mine I remember being work. so impressed by the the set design of this castle the first time I watched it, and being this isn't this isn't how I imagined they would make a castle look. This is a little bit not unusual, but it's just different than what you expect from a medieval castle. Then come to find out, oh, that's because it's a real place. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah they and did, it's they French, did. so you know it's a little fancy. So it's a so, little bit fancier than normal. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing because it's not it's not actually medieval. It's oh. it's it was it's Victorian. It was built in like the 19th century, I think, Interesting. Um, and just by like some really ridiculously rich French nobleman who just was like, "I want to build a medieval castle, so yeah. I'm going to." I want all uh, money. The, the TV show Merlin to be filmed here. <laughs> <one day. laughs> he thought ahead and he was like, "You know what? I'm a really really big fan of Angel Colby, so I'm going to do a show that gets uh, Angel Colby to my castle." He was um, also having prophetic dreams about Emrys. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He I would like, imagine that Angel Colby faster after faster. I would imagine yeah, Andrew Colby gets a lot of dudes trying to build houses to trap her, though. Like, that seems yeah, like it would yeah. be par for the course if you're yeah. someone that looks that good. Yeah, I would imagine right? so. Damn. <laughs> but now I want a man to build me a castle to try and trap. No, wait. No, no, yeah. I right? don't want no, no, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, as someone who was watching the show, uh, I guess, week to week or, or year to year or whatever, or like as it was coming on, it's, it's really like, mm -hmm. unlike Supernatural, which is, of course, our other big podcast topic uh i feel like merlin doesn't really have like huge cliffhangers at the end of the seasons mm. like they, and they don't really have a lot of cliff cliffhangers from episode to episode um was it was there 
like were, do you remember the experience of watching that and going like oh i have to see the next episode because i feel like it wasn't until season five and even like the finale two-parter that really i had the desire to like oh i gotta watch this right now like mm-hmm. we have to we have to jump ahead to, to to make sure that we we watch this yeah i mean i suppose they did a lot of um kind of stuff in between seasons where they would release uh like filming of and making of stuff so i think that kind of kept people's appetites mm. warm for the show uh, it was called secrets and magic uh, and and then they're all on like the dvds as well so um they do still like exist you can still see them if you if you miss the merlin cast in in the future <laughs> um but i suppose i don't know i think i was so obsessed with the show that it never even occurred to me that i wouldn't watch the next season right like, right um and i think actually doing this rewatch listening to this podcast has helped me watch the show as as a tv show as opposed to just this like be all and end all thing that i like just completely was everything to me you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. so um yeah i just i don't even think it was ever a question or ever like a, a a kind of a thought that i wouldn't be excited to see the next season it like the moment it stopped i was counting down to the next show because i i needed to see it because it was just such an important part of my life did the did the change going into the fourth season feel palpable like was were people prepared for that at the time because it it does seem like especially the first two episodes of season four the production Mm -hmm. value has has increased and you know i'm watching season three one minute and then i go to the next episode on netflix and watch season four so it's not that big of a thing or it wasn't a long wait and then suddenly you kind of notice that big difference did it feel like things had escalated at that point because it does feel like that's when the show starts to be like okay we're getting serious now it was always great it always had these excellent moments and serious plot lines but it seems like season four and season five is when they really start to take it up could you feel that at the time yeah i think you, i think I, I distinctly remember feeling that it was very different and actually i think i was quite disappointed in huh. the change when it, it because i it had become this thing that was I, that i loved so much like when it changed tone it was actually quite hard for me to kind of and i weirdly it's funny you say that because i'm kind of only just thinking about this now but seasons one to three are my favorite season three is obviously my favorite mm. um but and then season four and five i sort of didn't i haven't rewatched them as much and i sort of started to fall not fall out of love with Merlin, but just, just I fell away from it a little bit by that point. It isn't, it isn't doing the same thing that you fell in love with yeah. originally necessarily. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that probably is actually to do with the tone shift and the fact that it changed into a lot more of a, a serious show that was really dealing with kind of darker issues. And mm. you know, watching it, it, it's it's still great. But and I'm sure we're going to get into this when we sort of like talk about the end of it and stuff. But I just I'm not sure whether the writers were as good at writing that stuff hmm. as they were at writing the kind of more lighthearted, family friendly kind of you, stuff. I mean you might you make a good point. We were far less nitpicky about everything. We were far less critical, I think, even though I think Jeremy and I we both really loved the show all the way through. Um but if you've noticed over the last few episodes, we start to be like, Oh, I wish they did things like this, mm. I wish they did that. And maybe maybe that is that. It's just they these writers were so good at, at the tone that they had nailed down for those first three seasons. So when they switched, suddenly it's now like we've got to deal with some serious plot lines while also trying to still maybe balance that that tone that they previously yeah. had so you could see yeah you, there is sort of a, a little bit of a, a struggle there um yeah but I, I also think that like uh when they do that serious tone um i don't think that the show's structure was really built for it mm. uh, because you get up epi- you get a lot of episodes in season four where uh you know it's sad boy arthur hours mm-hmm. um and 
the show really just didn't know how to handle like multiple episodes of Arthur being kind of sad because he lost his wife or girlfriend or whatever it was at the time. Um, and that leads into like all of the problematic stuff. I think that I feel like almost everybody who watches Merlin all the way through has with the final season and that it's just none of the pieces really fit together. Like they were yeah. taking this, this really big swing on the last two seasons and and, and I mean, and they got most of the ball, right? Like they, I th- yeah, feel like they, yeah. they, 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 they didn't fail at it. Um, but it just, it's just really, really clear, like that they were not well equipped to, to go down these lines. And I don't know like what the alternative on that is either. Like, I don't know where Merlin would have been if there wasn't like a serious season four and season five to, to kind of sum things up. Like, would we still be watching Merlin <laughs> week yeah. to week and like wondering if yeah. he's ever going to tell Arthur <laughs> the, the secret about his magic? Right. Um, yeah. But I'm 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 really curious, uh, you, you know. Like I I, I would, I would I cannot speak today. <clears throat> I'm really curious how the writers' room, uh, like, really discussed that as a as a as a change, you know. And mm-hmm. I I know some of these questions are probably answered on like the hours of commentary episodes. Um, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I just I can't I can't I don't have the attention span to do <laughs> commentary episodes. I just it's can't. Okay, do it. I watched them for you, so it's fine. okay. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I was, I, I guess that was my, that was my whole point is just, yeah. I'm, I'm curious how, I, I just, I don't think they quite landed the, those serious tones. I was going to actually ask you, Del, what your favorite season was. I should have realized it was just season three because of yeah. Gwen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, because of Gwen, but also I think not just because of Gwen. I think Marlin and I, I've always felt kind of went through stages um, and I've always felt like season one, you could kind of watch as its own like discreet show. It's mm-hmm. like... It, you know, it starts and finishes with a com- completely contained plot. You know, the, the meta plot ends at that point and never goes back. Um, and it, it's all very, very kind of monster of the week. You know, it is very, um, to coin a phrase from somewhere. Um, and I think that it, it's it's very like introducing the characters. It's it's incredibly lighthearted. It's, it feels quite childlike. Mm-hmm. And then season two at that point, I think they started to realise that they had this great chemistry between Colin and Bradley, you know, Merlin and Arthur. And that season, they sort of really focused on that and focused on the relationship between the two of them and really built that up. Um, and I think, you know, that that was where you got a lot more of the kind of comedy episodes, a lot more of the kind of out and out funny stuff, because you could have Colin and Bradley playing off of each other yeah. in that. And then mm-hmm. season three, I think, is where they really, really just hit the balance, right, of having the comedy, having the strong characters, having the kind of Arthurian legend and the lore, uh, and having the kind of meta plot there as well with the kind of s- enough sense of evil, enough kind of ominous stuff happening in the background. And I think it's just the most well kind of fleshed out and thought out season of them all. Um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a nerd for like Arthurian lore and stuff like that, and so I... I kind of I love anything that really delves into that and I felt like they really started to have the potential to go into that in detail and then and then I, they, I, just, I, they just didn't they just didn't, they just didn't <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I'm a you know it's interesting that you say it that way about the about Colin and Bradley's kind of chemistry together and just how obviously like it they they obviously were having a good time filming this show together and that comes mm-hmm. through I think when you when you see them on the screen um, and it reminds me how like 
you know, Misha Collins was supposed to be a pretty brief guest on Supernatural and then just ended up sticking around for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And it's partly, I think, because uh, of the chemistry between him and, him and Jensen Ackles and also, like, the fans' response to it. But it's, it, it's a comparison between Merlin and Supernatural that I hadn't actually thought about until you were t- talking just now. Um, I'm also curious, from a, a person who is really into Arthurian lore, besides Merlin, do you, do you have a go-to adaptation, uh, either, you know, visual movie tv show whatever it is like do you you have a a favorite arthurian thing that you that you dig (laughs) i'm gonna say something a really um stupid uh crap one that has my heart like (laughs) very much um there is a musical called camelot um with uh i think is it george harris who played the first who played Dumbledore in the first Harry Potter movie oh, wow. um uh and um it's a very like 1960s 1970s trashy terrible musical <laughs> um and it, it it's it's wonderful uh, <laughs> um it's not very Arthurian uh, really but I, I just love it um I I kind of I like the quite kind of campy adaptations I suppose mm. um uh yeah, I just Merlin I, I mean, almost rides that line yeah. early on. It doesn't quite go into camp, I don't think, but it, it does. It's it's camp adjacent. Yeah, it's totally. it's very very camp adjacent to me. Like I, I feel like it's if it, if it's not just on there. Yeah. <laughs> but just... to listening to you talk about those those first three seasons, they they really nailed that tone. Yeah. Like I'm just sitting here thinking about like you know, and and again, this this is not me shitting on seasons four and five. I I like those seasons. But season three really does feel like the perfect culmination of everything that they had built up until that point. Yeah. Um, and it's such a it's a warm and inviting show. And when I first watched it, it was like right when the pandemic was kicking off and everybody was very uncertain and very afraid. And I started watching Merlin and that made me feel better. It is interesting. At, at that time, I fell off on season four. I watched the first three or four episodes and then that was it. Once we lost Lancelot, I was like, this is not the show I signed up for. Why are we killing people? <laughs> Yeah. Why is it not Uther? Even though I liked Uther being on the show. (laughs) Elle, did you know that there's a 2023 adaptation of Camelot? There's a Broadway revival of it happening right now. Is there? Yeah, like it apparently has happened because they've gotten they got a couple of Tony Awards this year from. Oh my god! No, I did not. I really hope that comes to the UK because I will (laughs) a thousand percent go and see that. Like, I just I absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, in line with that, also obviously like Spamalot and um Monty Python, uh just like anything silly and actually yeah. when i was on and when i had my um Gwen tumblr we used to reference monty python quite a lot in that um and yeah just do i'm trying to think things. of the most serious adaptations of king arthur in the legend and i can't think of any that are really good no <laughs> it's no. it's only the ones that are fun that people seem to remember <laughs> there was a film with charlie hunnam that's uh, what i was thinking of but yeah. i can't even yeah. remember the name of that yeah. movie <laughs> i think it was just called arthur or something yeah, yeah maybe I mean, I quite enjoyed it, but it was terrible. The, the Wikipedia for this Camelot musical that I've never heard of is fascinating because apparently there was a one-off production at the Lincoln Center Gala where Lin-Manuel Miranda played Arthur. Okay. <laughs> Which I just, I can't imagine a worse casting than that time. Oh, man. <clears throat> That's that's very funny. Oh man, so, one one adaptation. Christopher Lloyd was in it. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it was okay. a really really big musical back in like the seventies. Wow. There you go. 
random there musical knowledge that you didn't think you were going to get today. This is what we brought you on for. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So I guess I, the thing that always seems to become the biggest topic is discussing the finale when we do these things. Mm -hmm. So they aired that on Christmas Eve, I've, I've heard. Yes. Could you like walk us through what, what it was like experiencing that in real time? Um, uh, many, many people had the saddest Christmas ever. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, what a, what a thing to do, right? What a, what a way to to end a show that has been beloved by families. I mean, it was a family show. Families would sit down together on a Saturday night and watch this show just before Strictly Come Dancing. It was all lovely. <laughs> and then, oh, look, everyone's crying, crying into their box That's... fears on Christmas So morning, this being like... a family show, like you mentioned, like y'all would, would get some takeout to hang out in front of the TV mm -hmm. and watch, watch some Merlin, like... Were were you just astounded that like watching the entire time? It's like I I just I'm picturing three people with like their mouths open and like a, a spoonful of curry had it like just frozen in midair. You know what I'm saying? Like just watching like this unreal thing happening on the on the television. Yeah, that is that is a fairly accurate uh, depiction, but just with added salt because of the tears. Um, we were just <laughs> sobbing into our food. Um, Could you see it coming? Did it feel like something was going to happen, or did you think, okay, surely at the end of this episode they're going to pull this off? Everybody's going to be okay. Do you know what? I think I, I've i always been quite like, um, I don't know, quite like a, a realist about things like this. And I felt like mm. at the end, they were always going to have to kill Arthur. Like, you know, I know the legends and, you know, I know that, that that's what happens. And I actually don't think that the writers had ever really made much of a secret of it. You know, they'd always said right at the beginning ah. that we know how the story of Arthur ends and that's how we're going to end it. Um, huh. So there, a lot of people were surprised, but I didn't ever really understand why people were surprised. Um, I mean, maybe just people weren't as obsessed with it as me. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is providing a lot of context, especially finding out, you know, it airs Saturday night primetime. You watch yeah. it with your family. Like those are the types of things that us Americans watching it 10 years later don't necessarily pick up on. So it is it's wow. I can't believe they did that. They made us. They made y'all watch these people cry. Watch these men cry yeah, holding each yeah, other. Did, what was the did. what was the Tumblr community response to this? Because I can I can only imagine. Okay, and why did they kill Gwen? Oh, sorry, no. what did that have to do with anything? Why did he have to get involved? <laughs> With the cock snake of all things. I know, I know, I know. What a way to go for a man. Whose who, idea was that? For a man whose manhood is like, you know, there yeah. is, is, is so much of a part of his identity. To have him cock snake to death is just the, the worst Unbelievable. way to go, right? I still, like, we, we, we said this when we, we did our episode, but I had to go back to be like, okay, surely I just missed something. Mm. <laughs> he's, of course he's fine, right? <laughs> no! I like what to think they... they I like to think they killed him to give me something good to finish my Tumblr with. That makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah, that, totally. Um, but no, genuinely, in the Legends, I think, you because you, you were talking about why does Percival survive. I think in the Legends, Percival is one of the only knights to actually survive. It, it, that, it must be. like that, yeah. that makes sense, right? Because otherwise, killing Gwen at the last second, for and then having him sort of fail in the way that he did, yeah, I just sad. didn't like that. I wish no. that they had given him something. Um, I don't know. I just, my head canon is that all of the fallen Knights of the Round Table are just are off with Arthur right now, chilling in Avalon because they're, you know, connected or something. I don't know. That's, and then when, when Arthur comes back, his boys come back with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously I would like that. Yeah. Because when Arthur comes back, obviously to like save England, uh, I'm going to go find Gwen. 
Sorry, yeah. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. Hey. R.I.P. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he was a real one, but you know. Yeah, had to go. Had, had to, to get go out of for there. Gwen. I mean, like, fast love's always the true love, right? Uh, you, uh, so uh, you were saying about about uh, Tumblr. How how did they react? Um, yeah, it was pretty negative from memory. Mm. Like, I mm. I remember a lot of people hated the ending. Hated, 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 hated it. Like it was. Wow. Uh, like vitriolic it, you know and, and, uh, and I didn't really understand why because I, in my eyes like I didn't like necessarily the way it ended and watching it again I probably like it even less mm. but I think I I kind of always understood why they did some of the things they did and made some of the choices that they made um I think they knew that they didn't want to come back for another season so they didn't want to leave that door open I think uh and you know, I think they just knew they had to end it that way. They had to kill Arthur to to make it end. Um, the biggest problem I had with the ending was when you had the smash cut to Modern Merlin, and I just like burst out <laughs> laughing. I was like, "Well, that's ripped me out of my sadness right now." Yeah. Seeing Colin Morgan with a silly beard. It always that's... made it was always interesting. Are, are we supposed to think it's funny? Because obviously, we are obsessed with with Dragoon. But it also is a little bit funny, and yeah. it's always been a little bit funny, and that's partly why we're so obsessed with it. Uh, but I wonder, if it's like, is it intentional that it's supposed to be a little funny? I don't know. Like, I don't think it is. I think it, it really it has the it has the tone of a mic drop moment of a like mm. oh sh-. like I feel like they were expecting people to just like be completely mind blown by this yeah. by this thing, and it is it is very shocking, and I think it. Chris, you got into it a lot on the on our episode on the on, on the podcast about the episode of like the implications of that are like really really far reaching. Um, but I feel like it also like kind of undercuts a bunch of the like the emotional weight of the episode right right before that. Uh, I don't I don't I, would, I don't necessarily need to have seen that if that makes sense. And like mm. it's weird talking about media when you're like, oh, that wasn't necessary. Like no media is necessary, <laughs> Jeremy. Like you don't have to, none of this stuff is required to live. But like I I feel like if they had just ended it where or right before the cut, um, where, you know, we see Gwen, I think being um coronated? That's not a word. When yeah, we see her crowned, get, crowned. There crowned. we go. Thank you. Sorry, we don't have royals over here. We kicked y'all out. Then we just dropped all of the vocabulary. I wish apparently. we didn't either. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like, as as as, as I, because I, I have, I'm really of two minds of this. It's either very very cool, and I think in the moment, with the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, that's really fucking cool. Like that yeah. having like this jump to the present is so shocking, and it's it's interesting, and it makes you think about all this all of the like implications and the lore and all this other stuff. And then you start really right like, thinking about it and you're like, Oh, well this is the saddest shit ever. This means that like literally Uther won, like magic is gone from the world. This is what he wanted. Like he wanted 2023. Like, he, yeah. like that was what he was looking for. <laughs> and it's funny when you put it that way and, and like, Oh, I guess we should have guessed. Cause if this is supposed to be our reality, this is, you know, the secret history. Um, that makes what, sense because I, I guess we don't have wizards currently. <laughs> exactly, we don't have any wizards right now. So why would we have them? But that's the other thing I kind of don't like about it is I feel like it does the thing where it marries this really, really cute, fun, campy world that I was just 
living in via this television show mm-hmm. to my own yeah. much much shittier world yeah, yeah. and it, all of a sudden i'm like oh i don't i don't actually like that like i kind of in my head i just wanted these characters and i always want this like them to go live on a farm together and raise chickens but like i i want this camelot to be separate from my reality like it's mm-hmm. fun it's more fun for me to think about that and then putting the like honking 18 wheeler going through the the <laughs> Avalon or whatever the fuck it was 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 just like that just it totally blows all that away you know it's funny one of my biggest complaints about the finale is how quickly everything is handled uh Gwen dies very quickly kind of off screen or you know we see him for two seconds uh Morgana is killed in two seconds um even Arthur and Merlin it feels like we didn't get to spend a lot of time with them even on though they go throughout this whole episode on this journey together uh the dragon's there for a second to be like okay bye see you later made me cry for some reason um (laughs) We see Gwen get crowned for two seconds. It's like everything happens so, 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 so fast, uh, which is a complaint. But at the same time, because it everything because everything happens so quickly, it, it oddly doesn't tarnish any of my other previous feelings on the show in any way, shape or form, yeah. because they they don't. Supernatural does a thing at the end that and it really, really lingers. It's like 14 minutes of your life spent suffering and not enjoying yourself. And it's a poorly made episode to begin with. Uh, and it, it for me, it tainted a lot of my love for that show. Merlin didn't do that. So even though I felt a little bit conflicted about the ending, it didn't touch how I felt about everything that I had felt previously. Um, Jeremy, I guess maybe we'll get into some of this when we read the feedback. But I'm very curious. You all watched this in the Discord together for the first time, right? A couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How was the response then? Because I oh, kept was, away, every, way away from that. Everybody was absolutely shocked. Like, because, I mean, like, you have to realize, like, we were on the microphone and, like, people are sobbing into mm. the microphone like like they are uh y'all ain't got the mute button <laughs> well i mean but i mean part of it is some people <laughs> were on mute sobbing. Uh, some people were just like it was so shocking like having especially like when the just hold me line happens like that whole like build up and then that release where they where arthur just accepts it and like they, they both just start weeping uncontrollably and i'm getting emotional even saying talking about it right now some for some reason um i'll just go listen to boy genius about it again i guess yeah. uh, i i actually watched just that scene last night because of you know whatever jess had never seen it before so she watched it with me and all she could say was this is exactly like the scene at the end of titanic <laughs> like one of the most yeah. dramatic things Absolutely. on yeah. dramatic and romantic and tragic and merlin's has the exact same energy as that it was so intense that's really funny <laughs> on uh, christmas eve yeah you got santa yeah. claus but uh, I think Flying after the sky on his reindeer, and then this happens. Santa was crying too. I mean, you know, he oh. watched Merlin. He was sad. I feel like right after we finished the episode, what would normally happen on those is like people would like hang out in the voice chat and like goof around for a while afterwards. Um, and I'm I'm pretty sure, and someone on the Discord is going to have to correct me because my memory is horrible. But like, I feel like I was like. I'm done. <laughs> I do not. I do not. I do not wish to be social right now. I need to leave this room and to be off this microphone. Like I couldn't. I couldn't handle any more Merlin that day. I was. I was. I was so spooked about it. So I was trying very hard to stay away from everyone's reactions back then because I had fallen off, but I didn't want to be spoiled. And um, I do remember getting a little bit of seemed like maybe anger or disappointment, and I was like, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> did you just like pick up the vibe in the discord it was there were some vibes there was, was definitely vibe, some vibes because yeah. at the time we didn't have like a we didn't have a merlin channel right like it was just mm-hmm. a it was just covid so like we just had it was just in our normal like hunks watching stuff channel so like people were just talking about stuff there yeah, and, it happened so fast there was no time to create a channel i don't think it was like within a matter of like two weeks everyone had seen every episode <laughs> just about yeah we went we everybody went crazy for it when it, when it finally hit, hit um but yeah uh it's an addictive show. 
Yeah. It is. It is. I, I like what you said, Chris, that the finale in no way like diminishes your your love for the, the other seasons and everything. Because I feel like I'll definitely one day return to Merlin. Like it's a great show just to, to watch and then kind of kick back with. Like if nobody's yeah. ever seen it, like I think it's a really good one. Plus, it's mm-hmm. blissfully short. It's just yeah. sixty yeah. something episodes in a in a in a quagmire five hundred episode seasons. So yeah, right. It's, it's a nice gentle ride if you don't watch the last like three episodes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do, especially if you're watching it with somebody who doesn't know you get to watch them cry which is always a super fun absolutely. time absolutely um i have remembered that in last week's episode you asked a question and i'm going to try and jump in and answer the question um chris you asked about the final scene with the like tower on the hill on the mm-hmm, lake mm-hmm. and where that was so where that is supposed to be is glastonbury tour okay. which is meant to be like in legend the burial place of arthur okay um and so it's actually like not on like a motorway like that. It's that was superimposed. So the real location, thanks to Merlin Locations, that website that uh, <laughs> we have been on many times, um, is uh, oh I'm gonna I can't remember what it's called. It's basically like a farm on the River Wye, um, and it's just a motorway across like a, a well it's like a kind of country lane, uh, and they chose it just because it had really flat fields. Uh, and so much of Merlin was filmed in Wales, and this is that's quite near Wales, if not in Wales. Mm. Um, and yeah, there is, it's just a, a load of flat fields across it, so they could easily superimpose uh, um, a Glastonbury mm. tour onto it. So there you go. I thought well, I'd better answer go. that question. There's my info. Yeah, <laughs> there's your Perfect. info. Our, uh, before, I think we're, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, pr- I'm, I'm probably ready to move to our feedback section. Uh, mm. Is there anything either one of you want to say about the series or the finale or anything that you have in your back pocket before we, I guess, I guess basically just to reiterate what I just said, this show is worth watching no matter how you feel about the ending. And I think that that is a real achievement for the show itself. The fact that it's can still be as good as it is what even I think, regardless of how you feel about the ending, I think even if it's just seasons one through three or whatever it is, I think it still really, really stands as what it is and has a fantastic tone um and and for 95 percent of it i think it just it it nailed what it was trying to do yeah 100 percent. it i mean merlin is and always has been like my favorite tv show ever no matter how critical i have always been of the last two seasons of it um it, like i think when you said it, it the finale in no way diminishes your love of the show i think that's that, that's like you you articulated exactly what was in my head um mm. it's yeah a hundred percent um the the only thing i'm i'm not don't want to end on the negative but the only thing that annoyed me about that final scene um kind of going back to what you were saying jeremy about um like blending your two worlds um mm. they had always said when people were like oh, it's not historically accurate. They'd be like, well, in what historical world do you know? There's dragons. Uh, and kind of always made out like, this isn't our world. So it kind of threw me when they were like, we're going to end it with it being in our world. It's like, right. uh, uh, huh? What? Yeah. No, that's yeah. not that's not it. Um, but yeah, it, like Merlin has always been the biggest thing to me. And I, I would encourage anyone to watch it and love it. Excellent. Yeah, I think for me, um, it was, it's, it's always weird when you podcast about something because you get so intimately close to it week by week. Uh, and it's so, so much of a different experience than when I'm just watching a show casually. Uh, podcasting about it, like really tearing it apart, really, I think, exposes both its strength and its weaknesses. And for me, coming out of the end of the finale, I feel like 
Merlin has so many more strengths than it does weaknesses. Like all of my kind of complaints about the show, uh, which are mostly just around Morgana and like the kind of weird uh, metaphor for queerness that magic kind of takes over uh, that it doesn't deliver on in any shape or fashion. Um, But even those, even those things, like I feel like the show and the strength of the characters and the acting and the charisma of the show is strong enough that like, it's that's just a weakness like it's not it doesn't overshadow the rest of the show for me like it's, it can be just a fun watch and it was um as it often is it was so much less pressure watching this knowing about the ending and knowing what was going to happen mm. uh, just because I, I could just sit back and like take in all of the details um and that's become such a like i know that's people are probably like rolling their eyes like yeah jeremy watching something twice gets you more details but, <laughs> but it but it really is like one of those things where you stop being so consumed with like what's going to happen next that you can just be along for the ride um and it makes yeah. me think that like maybe autumn uh my wife autumn is, is right for just hey just tell me the spoilers like tell me what happens at the end so that i can just watch this and not be stressed out about it the entire time i i can't believe i'm starting to like really agree with that mentality which i never <laughs> ever ever would have thought like i'm playing the new final fantasy right and i'm so stressed out i'm like i don't want to get anything spoiled but i don't I, and i'm so worried about what's going to happen i don't know why i'm like that i just but it, it like takes me out of the experience or i stop experiencing the thing in a normal way or like game of thrones the last few episodes they were dog shit but i didn't even know that they were bad because i was so stressed out about the fate of Tyrion (laughs) that i just couldn't think about anything else as long as he was okay i was like all right it's fine Tyrion lived great episode everybody and then i go online and be like oh no nobody agrees interesting um that's how i get i just get so stressed out but watching this episode and i said it before but i was so absolutely certain that Merlin was going to sacrifice himself to save Arthur, despite basically knowing Arthur's supposed to be the one who dies. But I just thought, well, it's the TV show Merlin. So instead of following the legend where, where Arthur dies in this version, he dies, but then Merlin brings him back and that's his great sacrifice. And then Arthur will, you know, whatever. And now he knows the truth and he'll never be able to forget his friend who saved him and blah, 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 whatever. Um, which would have been, been just as sad, I guess. If, either way, it's sad, but I was wrong. And I felt that pain all throughout that episode, just waiting for the hammer to drop. And it finally dropped and it hurt. And it hurt real bad. So, Chris, if you could rewrite the ending, would you make that happen? I don't know. Because Merlin was always the outsider in so many ways. And he seemingly never goes back to Camelot. That's how it feels. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but that's sort of how it feels. Yeah. And then to just have Arthur go back to everybody, be the one who lives and then return home and be like, Merlin saved me, he sacrificed himself. And just have Arthur go back and be with all of his friends again and his wife and his knights who were still alive for some reason Percival's there. Um, I don't know if that would have just kind of felt bad to be like, well, we left Merlin behind. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you're good to go. Be- I, don't, I don't really know, though. I don't know if that would have made me feel better. I suppose that would have been the way to make magic legal because sure. yeah. Arthur would yeah. have been like, hey, Merlin sacrificed himself using magic to save me. Magic is good. I'm going to do this for Merlin because I love him more than my wife, who I never mentioned when I was dying. (laughs) Literally, not even not a one comment. Not (laughs) single. Not a single thing. I mean, he does in the. That, that, that's something that's come up a couple of times, I think, in the feedback. Um, and there is that moment where he's like, uh, you know, give my ring to Gwen. She'll know what this means or whatever. That's like, like way earlier. Though. But that is real, real early. <laughs> that's and days prior. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't think about her again. He was just trying to like, get rid of his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well be light years away from the, from the actual thing that happens at the end. But it he does was just happen. trying to get rid of Gaius. <laughs> also true. Yeah, yeah, he's everybody she's like, trying. can you just leave me and Merlin alone? Stop trying to drug me, Gaius. I don't know what you're up to, but I don't Why? like it. <laughs> 
Why are you doing this? I'm very sleepy when you're around, guys, and I don't like that. <laughs> um, well, with that thought, we're going to take a quick musical break, uh, uh-huh. and then we're going to be back directly with everybody's feedback. Um, Elle, I just want to say real quick, thank you for, for joining us. And if people are going to check out and not listen to anybody's feedback, uh, where can they find you on the internet if they want to come hang out with you? Uh, I am at Auntie L on all the things. Okay. There well, you that's go. Easy, <laughs> easy enough. Yep, um, yep. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, people, we will be back. There's a whole, you're probably looking at your podcast going, Jeremy, why are you saying goodbye? There's three hours left. Uh, we'll be back with everybody's feedback here in just a bit. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. As promised, we have a lot of feedback. I just want to say uh, thank you, first and foremost, to everybody that spent the time not only listening to the podcast, but also uh, writing in and and talking to us about their their thoughts and feelings. Um, The very first piece of feedback we actually got uh, way back in the day, and I'm including it um, because there's (laughs) it was the first example of... uh, that I remember anybody writing in, uh, but also uh, it, it professes a love for Gaius. <laughs> and I just think it's funny because in a little bit, we're going to have the same person writing in and completely uh, changing their mind about that, which I think is very <laughs> funny. So the first one comes in from uh, Lincoln's Legion. Uh, Hello, hunks. My name is Chris or Lincoln, and I totally meant to write something for the end of Merlin season one, but we never got around to it. Uh, I am writing this as of watching season two, episode eight. I wanted to say first off that I'm loving the podcast. I discovered you guys somewhere around the release of season 13 of monster of the week and went back to the beginning and started my hundredth rewatch of supernatural Ooh. that's too many until i <laughs> caught up and wrote out the end of the show with you guys i still go back and listen to random episodes weekly while at work because your chemistry and jokes and vibes simply make me happy so thanks for that you're welcome thank you merlin has been for me a fun and interesting experience because i have almost no history of medieval books movies or anything in between my knowledge of Arthurian lore and generally anything medieval is limited by two slogging seasons of game of thrones dragon slayers academy children's book series and of course lord of the rings also a collection of video games i did go to a ren fair once which was tight otherwise uh, i have almost no reference for anything that happened at merlin outside of a window shopper's perspective so going into the show basically blind is a lot of fun although I've, i'm always left in the dark when it comes to characters projected features like mordred or morgana no clue who the fuck that is gonna be <laughs> i think my favorite character up to this point is gaius and i don't know why he's just so sweet and likable it's <laughs> <laughs> very funny that, that oh, we're nice. leaving off there i'm excited to come back and see what he has to say mm. <laughs> that, that's like a bigger cliffhanger than any episode of merlin <laughs> it yeah, really yeah. is i love that this is like happening all right uh the next one comes from amory former monster of the week guest all around good person great cat owner and uther apologist uther apologist okay amory writes in and says uther apologist is typing it's time 
for the Uther review. What have we learned this last year? Perhaps that Uther Pendragon was a good man and a good king, <laughs> doing his best despite being surrounded by evil magical children mucking about in forests, trying to sabotage the good kingdom of Camelot. Maybe the dragons suck ass and will burn down your whole shit at a moment's notice, and that by and large people will be with magic are huge dicks about it. That Camelot should be more careful about what magic they let into their easily poisoned wells making solid points so far already the uthropologist <laughs> yeah. is right on the money uh jokes aside though revisiting merlin as an adult really has me questioning how i missed all of uther's war crimes thought of him as basically a complicated but decent chap i mean honestly i kind of felt the same way too until we did the podcast yeah i had such strong memories of all the moments where he demonstrated real love and fondness for his children and for camelot which makes me think i used to be a lot more nonchalant about the genocide <laughs> disturbing stuff <laughs> but i was a, wasn't a smart child for what it's worth both uther and arthur make me think i'm actually pretty susceptible to the idea of a strong leader with a named blade that is ready to fight and die for their people and i don't want to lose my government job here but recent fare is not up to standard it's a shame that so many of my problems are related to capitalism which is a tricky problem to solve and not evil magic which can be solved by a handful of hunks in armor and weird scarves in the end all the toxic masculinity in the world can't defeat anthony stewart head's charisma uh and i still find myself very fond of uther as a grieved and twisted up man that at least did Camelot right by raising a better man than he could be. I'm going to ignore the ghost episode and pretend he would be proud of Arthur for the enlightened modern era of his reign. Uh, oh, there's more. There's another paragraph. Uh, this is the part y'all usually skip reading out loud, but seriously, I'm going to read it out loud. Still, his kingdom keeps has been incredibly funny and good. Merlin is great. Guys, this is a piece of shit. It's been cathartic to hear your experience in the series of the unique in the unique way that you do shout out to my boys the week wouldn't be the same if it didn't get to spend an evening cooking bland ash british food and listening to your show heart amory is the best absolutely um i love uther obviously he's a genocidal um awful person but i love his character on the show i he was such a great element and he was just served as such a good villain i think that you couldn't do anything about because he's the king and like killing the king would fuck everything up. And so it was, I just think his, his purpose, he served it very, very well. You needed him. I think yeah. like, especially in the early seasons, I can see why they got rid of him when they did, but you needed that, that villain when mm -hmm. you didn't have like a Morgana or like a kind of, you know, big magical evil. You, you right. needed that. And, and I don't think anyone but Anthony Stewart head really could have done that. That like, um, like Amory says, his charisma, it just, it makes him likable while still being hateable. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that that's what makes for a great villain. It's a show overflowing with charisma. They gave charisma to their bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, thank you, Amory, for writing in. We really appreciate that very funny and thoughtful comment section. On to part three, which, Elle, is your turn. Uh, so we're back with Lincoln's Legion. The, the mm -hmm. cliffhanger ends. Back at it, it again. Back at it. <laughs> Hello, Jeremy and Chris and Elle. Uh, so this is the... <laughs> Sorry. Hello, Jeremy and Chris. So this is the second email I'm writing in for the Merlin feedback. The first was right at the beginning before I knew you were going to hold off on reading these until the end. And boy, am I glad you chose to do that. I'd like to retract my good words about Gaius in the first email because <laughs> he is a wretched, stinky man and doesn't deserve my initial praise. Well, I mean, he's not the worst, and I do still enjoy seeing the actor on screen. 
even though he looks like a <laughs> even though he looks like a sad pumpkin doing its best to see two Halloweens in a row. Uh, that is the greatest description ever. Um, <laughs> <absolutely>, <laughs> the show wasn't perfect. It had things I disliked and dreaded at times. The sets, actors, chemistry, writing, music, and even special effects slash CGI just rounded it out as one of my new favorites. A hundred percent agree. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like a lot of people walk away with this sentiment watching Merlin this way. Um, I don't know when we started hating Gaius. Hell, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about Gaius. Um, I don't hate. I, I, he's another character. I love Gaius. I'm glad he's in the show, but I think he's fucking secretly very evil. <laughs> Do you know what? It's weird because when I first watched the show, I had, I didn't really have feelings about Gaius either way, and I certainly didn't see the, the kind of negative aspects of him that that you pointed out. But when you pointed them out, I couldn't not see them. Like it was there for everyone to see, like on full display. Like you know, it starts. Being... I think it starts pretty quickly when you realize yeah. like he just like his only. You realize solution, he's dragging Morgana. His only solution <laughs> to Morgana having any kind of problem is just to make her go to sleep. Like that's and you're like, well, that's kind of. It's, and it's you know that... what? I, I'm actually fine with all of that as part of his character if they ever really reckoned with it. Yeah. yeah. There might be like an offhanded comment from Morgana at some point, but even like we complained just recently, her and Merlin never really have a, like a long conversation about anything, which I would have died for. Um, so I guess it makes sense that her and her and guys never really deal with that. But I think that we probably would have been more favorable if guys had, had been meant or made to deal with yeah, his I, crimes. <laughs> I just think Gaius was always kind of written as a character for plot devices and sure. never a character that you're supposed to actually like think about. Well, you need you, you needed <laughs> yeah. you needed a guide, right? Like you needed yeah. somebody that uh, you needed a reason for Merlin to be in Camelot, and you needed like a guide, and it needed a way for him to interact with all of these like situations that would pop mm -hmm. up without it being suspicious, right? And having and Gaius really serves that purpose. But again, it goes back to that idea that like when the writers aren't doing like very camp adjacent fun, fun time monster situations, they, they really kind of lose themselves in the plot a little bit. Yeah. Like when you start having, like when you start admitting that he was around for all of the magic genocide, you're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not good. You um, kind of have to deal with that. But that's one of those <clears throat> things that the show sort of just skates over. Like, again, you're not supposed to think I suppose too deeply about the fact that yeah, actually, genocide was happening and yeah, people were dying yeah. and it's kind of almost worse to just be complicit in it and not do anything either way than to like be the active perpetrator and it's a really like a, it's a really good example of why you have to kind of understand the implications of your own work sometimes like i think it's really easy to be like oh yeah like uther killed all of the magic users and you're like well that's a genocide and you're like yeah yeah actually absolutely he genocided some magic users and he's like well that's a weird thing to make up <laughs> like, it's yeah. a weird like if you think about it like maybe there's a better way we can approach this character but like again this is a fun campy show so they don't really go into that amount of detail right like they just it's just yeah. they just zip to the the i think the obvious and the easy stuff uh, sometimes mm -hmm. um next up we have some <laughs> so uh i don't we don't know this person's name they just they, they label themselves as a um their email email autumn. it's not it's not autumn. <laughs> their, their email address implies that they are from Yorkshire or Yorkshire. I don't know. Oh god, I'm from Yorkshire. I promise it wasn't me. Okay. Oh well, <laughs> well, well. Um and A wrote in some Jeremy fanfic. We haven't had any fanfic in a while. Uh and boy, this is gonna be a long one and, and pretty awkward. But uh 
A says, I'm listening to Monster of the Week and I'm really enjoying it. I have a hard time listening to more than one podcast at a time, so I'm excited to listen to the extra. I probably should have put this in uh, the Winchester's feedback, huh? We can we can put in the Winchester's feedback. Let's yeah, let's let's skip this. And we I'll, can spare ourselves. Uh, are we, we can, uh, wait, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this for now. Um, also, like I've kind of had the idea to get Jake to actually write the song and sing it for uh, me. So maybe, maybe I'm looking at these time. lyrics right now. I'm actually loving this. But... Yeah, this is this is very good. So a if you're listening, we'll, we're gonna get to you in like ten weeks or so. So we're gonna we're gonna skip this for now. Um, I'm so excited to hear that. <laughs> and I've played with that idea of like for since I got it, I was like I should I should I should actually just make the song and like this. Anyway, we'll we'll get this there. person's going to die when they hear that you've made a song out of there. I kind of love it. Oh my god, very funny. Uh, Olivia via Patreon, thank you. Shout outs to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, wrote in and says, "Hello, Chris and Jeremy. I'm writing in about Merlin. I just finished episode eight of the season in preparation for the next episode of Still His Kingdom Keeps, and boy, am I tired of evil Gwen. I'm hoping that this plot line is solved in episode nine, but I wanted to give my thoughts on Merlin in general to you guys before it's too late. I've really fallen in love with this." show and it's something i wouldn't have watched if you hadn't decided to cover it it's so charming despite being goofy at times my one gripe about the show is something you have touched on extensively and that's morgana and her rise to being evil it's not done well at all and seems to come out of nowhere i know she had to hide her prophetic dreams but was her life really so bad with uther she was a damn princess her level of evilness just didn't fit with who she was before she meets her sister and i believe that that kind of assassinated her character however i digress i've really enjoyed the show and you guys talking about it and i just can't wait to hear what you'll cover after the winchesters thanks so much for all the laughs i appreciate you guys getting me through long night shifts uh thank you olivia for listening to us on your night shifts and yeah i borgata's thing i think i mentioned this earlier like that's one of the big like sticking points with me i just it could have been so much cooler and better i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. l how do you feel about this because you were watching it you know as it aired so yeah how, how do you feel about morgana um i think I think you said earlier the biggest one of the my biggest problems with Merlin always was even at the time was the pacing of some of the mm. stuff and that started with the Morgana stuff um for me like I just felt like they kind of the, they made a huge mistake I think in having that big time jump where she went from being kind of secret evil to out and out evil mm. um and and you, you just kind of you lost that ability to empathize with her and understand why that had happened and she became really two-dimensional at that point um which i think was a real shame because she was such a a a good character in the first season people really fell in love with her and i think it was it kind of almost didn't didn't give the respect to the people who'd become a fan of her Mm. to like show them to, to treat her sort of downfall respectfully um that was too many respects in one sentence. Uh, but you, you know what I mean? Like it was... It, right, 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 right. It just, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't... They, they just, they did it too quickly. They didn't kind of give enough attention to it. They, they wanted mean, her at, at you know, they want to go from A to Z, but they just brought her to Z before doing any of the things yeah, in between. Completely. Uh, and it, you can see there's certain scenes where, you know, the actor's trying so hard to bring depth and bring life. There's so many scenes where she looks like she has tears in her eyes yeah. and you can tell like there's so much happening beneath the surface, but this show's not going to show you any of it. <laughs> no, no. And it is such a shame. I think there are so many bits of plot line that if they really wanted to develop the characters more and they could have focused more on the meta plot. But I think that goes back to what we were saying before that it was never intended to be that kind of show. And then it started doing it in season four and they hadn't done the groundwork in seasons one to three to 
to pull it off at the yeah, end. Right. Um, and I think I think that's that's where some of the issues come because you don't have that grounding to understand where where her her kind of evilness has come from. Yeah, yeah. I think we need another three seasons in between to really. Yeah. Um... yeah. We just need we need the spinoff show. I need I need Morgana Secret Evasion Edition or whatever. Like right. I need the I need the one division of Morgana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think Chris... if it had been sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I was, I was going to say I think if it had been a show about Camelot as opposed to about Merlin, we probably would have got that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was like I think you said this a, a few episodes ago, it was so zoomed in on Merlin that you end up missing a lot of the stuff that's going on with the other characters that would help you care about them more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you're up with uh, Yuba Mermaid. Okay, Yuba Mermaid writes in and says, Hey guys, long-time listener, but first time writing in. I've really enjoyed watching along with y'all for Merlin, and I'd never seen the show before. And while I know I'd have liked the show if I'd seen it without your commentary, I loved it all the more for watching it together. Thank you. Also, shout out to the Discord Pocket Friends for the lively discussions. And by lively discussions, I mean Queen gifts. Uh, I don't really have anything specific to comment on. Well, that's a lie. I have a podcast-like commentary, but that can live on in my head. I just want to let you know that I'm a huge fan. I'm not a gamer and i even enjoy those bits the biggest thing that we get the biggest i'm not a gamer comment, but i'm not a gamer but um, <laughs> um <laughs> but uh plus it helps me keep up uh in office chit chat with my gamer co-workers so thanks for that uh thanks for all the content and please keep podcasting i'll watch along with anything you decide on next thank you see this is where we say oh this is this is awkward to read nice things about ourselves in front of a guest yeah. <laughs> that one was just nice no, i love the idea nice, I love the idea that like somebody can hang in a Dark Souls conversation because they listen yeah. to our supernatural We're doing the Lord's work over here. Okay? <laughs> like I think that's just one of the best things ever. Uh, that's just very funny to me. I don't know. I don't think that we always talked about video games a little bit because that's what we were into. And that's sort of how we met each other. Um, but at a certain point, it just became like, all right, here's 25 minutes to talk about video games before we do our Merlin podcast. It, really <laughs> it just became such routine. <laughs> uh, L, you're up with Crashly's feedback. Sure. Um, I would like to submit my feedback for the Merlin podcast. I'll try to phrase it as such. Hello, Honkologists and certified homoerotic subtext deciphers. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all, love the show. Uh, sorry, love y'all, love the show. It sounds weird me saying y'all, doesn't it? Um, it does sound a little <laughs> weird. I love it. It sounds weird when I say it too. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% into it, but it does sound a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, y'all, um, long time <laughs> long-time listener of Monster of the Week and even long-time lover of Merlin. When I initially found out that Merlin would be the next show covered by you boys, I was in shock. There was absolutely no way that my niche supernatural podcast was going to cover an even more niche project (laughs) that I also love dearly, 100% how I felt. Uh, The enjoyment I felt listening to Still His Kingdom Keeps has been something I've looked forward to every Monday as I spend 80% of my workday in my truck. My first experience with the show Merlin will always be a special place in my heart. I first watched it as a high schooler after my parents divorced watching it in tandem with SPN. So imagine my shock when I found out that this was the next venture. Thank you for taking the time to entertain my ramblings and for allowing all of us to have fun, safe and relatable, sorry, have a fun, safe and relatable time for all these years. I think I speak for all of us when I say we cannot wait to see what you boys do next and that we support you 110%. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Crashly. We appreciate that. I am just sort of now reckoning with the fact that we called the podcast still his kingdom keeps which is taken from this you know epitaph of arthur right it is very a very serious title <laughs> for a show that did not a podcast that did not represent that at all i am 
like it doesn't happen because podcasts don't work that, that work this way really but i i would love to get uh, like reaction videos from people finding us on like apple podcast this very serious name with this like absolutely gorgeous artwork that sydney dean did for us uh and just opening it up and then listening to like the first drums of fucking merlin a jolene cover merlin themed jolene <laughs> cover and then like going like what is this like what what possible thing could this be that i'm listening to because i feel like it has to be a very weird experience <laughs> I love we it. are a very weird experience we so. are yeah it's true i think it, um, i think it works <laughs> good no i'm glad <laughs> that, that's one chris we got one <laughs> i got one uh next up is uh well don't don't want to uh, uh who is a uh patron to community member uh i've been around for a while so thank you for for hanging in there with us uh they say i'm sure someone has said this already and i know the show would not have been the same otherwise but i have a hard time understanding how all the druids and high level magic folks all knew that merlin is emerus but morgana is clueless even though she is now the quote high priestess did she not get the upgrading her toolkit on a side <laughs> note the outtakes make some sense now that's been a couple of days last week watching my grandson play zelda it almost makes me want to buy a switch almost uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is something that I think also is like kind of. No, for no, no. it's for everybody of, hates Merlin so much that she's like, "There's no way he's no not way. on my radar." Yeah, there's no way this guy stinks. Have you seen that dude's ears? There's no yeah. way that's the guy. It's yeah, such just... such just thorough to the bone disdain for the serving <laughs> class that yeah. it never even crossed her never mind. Even come up. Never even came up. She never um, left being a princess behind. <laughs> there was some discussion in the Discord recently about like some of the like druids and what's what it constitutes magic and like in this particular world and who has magic versus born with magic versus learns magic and that kind of stuff uh and i think you can kind of get into the deep end on that and unfortunately the show does not provide you a lot of context mm -hmm. i think for me uh morgana doesn't know uh because she's only like her traitors in magic were very selfish people like the, the her first like magic like teacher is her sister who is only out for revenge and doesn't necessarily is basically using Morgana through most of that, right? Like I don't know that anybody that I think if she had come up in the druidic order a little bit and become a normal high priestess, but I almost feel like she just took the title of high priestess because she was the only one willing she to probably killed whoever had it before <laughs> well and she's probably the only person willing to call herself that publicly yeah. right like she's she, she, that's she's true doing you gotta have some big stones to do that right yeah like they're still hunting down people that like they're still hunting children and you're calling yourself yeah. a high priestess so yeah. i don't she think she's him yeah i don't think yeah. she got the rule book or the or or the toolkit upgrade as you say like when she when she became quote unquote the high priestess she took the short course yeah yeah she got all the power, but none of the wisdom. Yep. Chris, you're up next with Sam. Hello. Uh, hi, Jeremy and Chris. Sam here. First time caller, long time listener. Since season five of Monster of the Week, wow. I'm a great admirer of your podcasting, always cheery, respectful, and has helped has helped me through laugh through a lot of tough times. I'm very bad at reading out loud. I wanted to write in as a big fan of Merlin, having been the perfect age that Merlin was aimed at when it first released, meaning I grew up with the show week to week from eight to 12 years old so i've got a couple tidbits to share uh, for many people in the uk around my age merlin holds a special place in our hearts with the david Tennant, russell t davies years of doctor who and a wild little dinosaur show called primeval as they were prime time saturday night viewing for us uh, i remember avidly watching the finale final jesus christ christopher <laughs> i remember <laughs> 
I remember avidly watching the final ever episode of Merlin on Christmas Eve and chatting with friends about it at school once we returned from the holidays. So I've absolutely loved your introspective look through our funny little British fantasy show, fantasy show with its humor, fresh take on folklore, and its odd guys gaslighting. If you haven't listened to the audio commentaries, I know you've mentioned you're not the biggest fan. That's Jeremy. But they are some of the funniest content out, uh, out of the show, and you can see how the cast was such a family. The best bit you learn is that everyone's favorite night, Sirline, was never intended to be part of the full-time cast. Rupert Young was cast as a one-off in his first episode, but the crew loved him so much that they wrote him into the show. He was then supposed to die at the end of season two with the rest of the knights fighting the dragon and basically just disappears off screen. But then they brought him back again because he was such a fun and friendly guy on set, which is very funny because I think we, we did com- remember we commented like, about this. Yeah. That guy absolutely got cooked. Um, <laughs> thanks for all the laughs and occasional cringe over the years. Can't wait to hear what you guys do next. Cheers all the way from the UK, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I um, I'm curious. Do you know the show Primeval? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, had uh, uh, Hannah from S Club Seven. In Shout it. out to S Club Seven. Shout out to S Club Seven. Um, uh, yeah. You know, it was good. Um, it was, it was kind of quite similar to Merlin in the. There sense was dinosaurs it, in the show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I can't. I wasn't like super duper into it, but I did watch a bit of it, and it. I think it's like time traveling back to like primeval times uh, with dinosaurs and stuff um so it, it they should have done a know. crossover merlin should have time traveled to dinosaur times yeah yeah and and um that yeah that, so um it was filmed in the same studios uh, jeremy i don't know if you were heard when i was saying that before um <laughs> <laughs> i did but i'm just gonna pretend it's all new okay so all right okay so so um it was filmed in the same studios as merlin and um they have some behind-the-scenes footage where um, the Merlin cast and the Primeval cast are playing frisbee together in sort of like full, full <laughs> gear, full get-up. Bradley's there throwing frisbee and chainmail and stuff. Perfect. And, yeah, and then they got in trouble because it was raining. And they, they yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, lo- there's loads right. of random behind-the-scenes stuff. That sounds about right. Um, who was up next? Chris, you read that, so I just read the last one. So, Elle, I think you're up. Elle, you're okay. up with um, it is if you sit on one. Uh, so, hi Jeremy. This is just to you, Jeremy. Hi Jeremy. Just to me. Yeah. <laughs> hi Jeremy. Here is some of my feedback for Still His Kingdom Keeps. I have two things so far. I will have more later. Here is the first one. Sir Gawain was my favorite knight before I ever watched Merlin. He was the knight in the Squire's Tales, the book series I read as a kid that got me into King Arthur. When Gawain showed up in Merlin in season three, I really liked him. He reminded we me. We all of did. Fun- we all did. He reminded me of the funny yet heroic character I loved. He had convictions, he hated nobility, and he was fun and a great friend for Merlin. And he was hot. And he was hot. <laughs> and he got those abs out a lot. Uh, <laughs> then he became a knight and was relegated to comic relief, which would have been fine if he had kept those other parts of himself. Mm. I also think that his friendship with Merlin should have been emphasized more. Like you and others have said, I think it would have been great if he had known about Merlin's magic. I think that would have added a lot to his character and to his friendship with Merlin. And then, of course, at the end, he basically becomes the villain by telling everything he knew to the girl he just met. Well, that's quite going. Uh, and then he <laughs> and then he died, believing he was a failure after he gave Morgana even more information. I just hate it. He deserved better. I also think it would have been nice if we could have gotten a little backstory to the other knights. We actually don't know anything about Sir Leon and Arms. I'd like to. I'd love to know if you have any headcanons about them. 
My head canon is that Leon is extremely normal and well-adjusted and has a wife and kids that he loves. <laughs> but nobody knows because they never listen to him. Kind of like Jerry from Parks and Rec. <laughs> I don't have any head canon about arms. So he what do we learn about arms is he got, it's like village was wiped out by Morgana or something. So he's like, I'm here. <laughs> I love yeah. doing push-ups and I'm here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, I just like fighting. Just yeah, like I, need a, I need a job where being able to do 100 push-ups is going to elevate me to the top of the class. <laughs> so I guess that's but a knight at this point. <laughs> the actual knight arms um, uh, in, in the legends was raised in the forest and had never seen another human being except his mother until he was an adult. Goddamn. <laughs> now that would have been an interesting story. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, sorry, this wasn't finished. Um, here is the second one. So this has been bugging me since your coverage of the Sword in the Stone. Why do you think it was important for Gwen and Arthur to be able to work past her kissing Lancelot without the knowledge that she was enchanted? It seems to me that since she was enchanted, finding out about it would have been a better way for them to get past it. Then Arthur doesn't think that she betrayed him when she didn't. Or it would have been important for them to work through it. Sorry, uh, yeah, or, or it would have been important for them to work through it only if she hadn't been enchanted and could, had been in control of her actions. This one got me too because... Mm. Uh, I had for some reason in my head remembered the the bracelet, the, the the enchanting bracelet that she was wearing to make her think she was in love with uh, Lancelot. Uh, at the end of that episode, like it gets tossed to the side of like the prison room, and I for some reason like had this like very like clear memory of somebody finding it later and then like understanding what 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 had happened and then, like, but it never comes up in the show. Obviously, like none of that stuff gets brought up, and it's interesting that they don't bother like. I feel like so much of television is just is, is drama created by people not communicating to one another. And mm. and this definitely feels like uh, a, a case where she would have just been like, I literally don't know what came over me. It was probably magic. Like yeah. I, I, I felt I put this thing on my wrist. I felt extraordinarily intense love for a dude that I was only kind of like mildly interested in a couple of years ago. And then when the thing came off, I did not feel that intense love anymore. Like, I feel like that's a magic thing. And Arthur would have been like, Oh yeah, that definitely sounds like you got enchanted. I've been enchanted several times. So I could identify with that. I can you know relate to that feeling. I've almost married three women since you've been gone because of enchantment. And she's like, <laughs> wait, wait, excuse me. What? <laughs> um, but instead it just never gets brought up. And it's like, and it, I think this goes back to something that I've, I've repeated three times now. Um, when the writers want something to be this like really serious and kind of heavy thing, it's, it becomes difficult because they don't, they, it feels like to me that they didn't think it through enough. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And this, this is just another example of that. Yeah. I think it definitely would have been cleaner and easier if they eventually absolved Gwen of that. Uh, Cause our, my argument is just, well, they, they work through it as individuals regardless, you know, like they just, it, it doesn't matter that it was magic. They just work through it. And that I think that shows a, a greater strength in their relationship rather than having to be like, we have this problem. We don't know how to deal with it. Oh, it was just magic. So we don't have to deal with it. That being said, it would have still been nice if they worked through it, got back to that good place together. And then we just get to kind of be like, Oh, and by the way, it was magic. Um, yeah. So to have the best of both worlds, but I think that it is good. I think it's not necessarily how I would have done it, but it forced them to be real. And, and to really, truly confront their relationship. And, and I think that, that was good, even though we barely see Gwen for the rest of the series until she's evil, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, but I think that for that moment of being able to work through your issues um, and not, you know, do the hand-wavy magic thing, uh, I, th I, I like that. I like that they did that. Yeah. It's weird, because I had such a weird, clear memory of that bracelet being found, like, a couple of episodes later. 
Like I really? had like, yeah, I had superimposed that. Like, and I was kept expecting it to be like, oh yeah, at some point Merlin's going to be in the prison and find that bracelet and be like this. And put it all together. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've, it's so weird. It's almost like there's an like a lost Merlin episode. But yeah. I, I just attributed it to like. I was watching these during the pandemic shutdown, so I just watched like eight episodes in a row, so they just all blended in. But if you had that same feeling, like we're in a full-on like Shazam vibe, so I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know whether I'm going to have to watch the deleted scenes to see if there is a deleted scene, but I don't think there is. But I kind of almost remember it being in a deleted scene. But they make a show of putting the camera on the bracelet, I think, when yeah. it when she tosses it aside. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that just planted a seed in everyone's mind. And I think because it, just the type of thing that this is, you know, we know it's a misunderstanding and they don't. So it's like we are like laser focused on that bracelet and we all were probably so focused on it that we've almost created a memory that didn't exist. Uh, next up, it's my maybe turn. Maybe there's a deleted scene. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe. Deleted scene. Uh, we're going to return to It Is If You Sit On One, a.k.a. Alicia. Um... I will try to put my feelings about Arthur into words, but I can't guarantee it will be coherent. In season one, he's a total clot pole, but there are many hints at him being a lot more than that. Episode two is where we first start getting the idea of how honorable he is. I think the first time he is rude to Merlin in that episode, he means it, but then he never means it again after that. In season one, he only knows how to communicate with Merlin through insults, and this continues into season two, but he lets his mask down a little. And then by season three, he fully admits he misses Merlin's prattle when he's quiet for a few minutes. And then by the end of season three and the beginning of season four, he is King Arthur and it's awesome, but he still has a lot to learn. And they do such a good job with him in season four. I think that's when I fell in love with him. In season four, you see him really struggle and succeed at becoming a better king than Uther. I know that sounds like it would be easy, but it really wasn't for Arthur. He loved his father and although he knew he wasn't perfect, he was indoctrinated by Uther and inherited the kingdom that his father made. Then season five happened and I think Arthur's character development stagnated quite a bit i think the season five art for arthur should have been about him overcoming his prejudice against magic whether that be through mordred or merlin or just on his own i also think that gwen was underutilized in season five she would have been a really good influence on his perspective towards magic but the way Mm. but the way she's written i think she is also complicit in the persecution of magic they also conveniently don't show arthur ever try to punish someone specifically for using magic and fail to address the central conflict of the show if they really wanted to keep it until the end then they didn't need merlin's magical reveal to address this maybe they could have had arthur make magic legal and go to morgana and offer to let her live freely in camelot but she refuses because that's not enough for her at this point because she is so obsessed with wanting him dead and wanting to overthrow camelot i think something like this would have made arthur look a lot better but we still could have had the big battle at the end anyway i still love him and the finale still broke me thank you for doing this podcast it's been such a pleasure following this show with you guys and the whole merlin community uh, yeah, I think I think Alicia makes some really good points here. Yeah. Uh, just just some general stuff about Gwen being underutilized and Arthur's arcs and things like that. I, I, I agree with all of this. Yeah, same. Um, a lot of good points in there. Uh, Chris, you're up on the next the, one. Oh, this one comes from uh, Lady Eowyn, Shield Maiden of Rohan. Um, <laughs> hi, I wanted to write in. Uh, as the there is just one episode left of Merlin. I tried to watch it on my own several years ago, but just couldn't do it. It seems so silly to me. Uh, once you, oh, it seems too silly for me. Once you finish Supernatural and announce Merlin will be the next show you covered, I knew that I would have to give it another try. I'm definitely glad that I did. Thank you. P.S. If you are looking for another show to cover, I highly recommend The Twelve Monkeys from Sci-Fi. Time travel done right, at least in my humble opinion. Thank you again, and I can't wait for what you're going to do next. Well, we're here to announce Twelve Monkeys from Sci-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I haven't heard of that show. But uh, thank you. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for listening. I uh, always stayed away from that show because I enjoyed the movie 12 Monkeys so much. Bruce Willis, right? Yeah. And I, I always thought that it wouldn't like live up to it. Um, and I, that's a terrible way to be in life in general. So I should probably check this out because I love time travel bullshit. So. Hell yeah. L, you are up with uh, mm-hmm. Kelly Johnson. Uh, hello, Chris and Jeremy. I've been listening to YouTube podcasts from the beginning of Monsters of the Week and absolutely love everything you do. And yes, I'm including Thinking Face. Oh. <laughs> I know that you likely already have plans for the next show you'll be covering, and I'll be listening every week. However, if you are taking suggestions past that, I have a great show for you to watch and cover. It's called The Magicians, and it's criminally underrated and unknown. It's got everything. Magic, mystery, very adult themes, musical episodes, love, loss, family, and a healthy sprinkling of, sprinkling of actors from Supernatural. In fact, the very first face you see on the show is the alpha vampire himself. Please do yourself a favor. Even if you don't end up doing a podcast, at least watch an episode or two. I promise you won't be wasting your time. Either way, I'm a fan of yours and will be for a long time. Thank you for all the laughs and even some tears. Kelly. So I want to I want to thank Kelly for being around from the beginning yeah, of Monster of the Week. That's a that's a long time to stick. That's with a it. lot of work. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, it's interesting to see someone describe the magicians as underrated and unknown because the books were like I remember the books coming out as being like the first like quote unquote grown up Harry Potter style. Even though that's mm. not really that was the, I feel like that was the first one to get relatively big. Um, and me and Autumn were obsessed with the books for a long long time. So when the TV show came on, we were like super excited about it. Um, and it ended up bouncing off it because some of the choices that they had made uh, and then going back to it later and watching probably the first two seasons and enjoying it, but just never getting around to finishing it. And then I heard some like really weird things about them killing off specific characters that I, I was like, well, I'll never watch that show. <laughs> but <laughs> um, So I, 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 it's one of those I, I, I do want to revisit because I'm, it's been so long since I've read the books now that I'm, I could get back into it. But uh, I don't know. Have you guys ever, do you have any experience with the, the magicians at all? Uh, somebody I went to college with used to tell me that I looked like the guy in that show, and I thought that that was a compliment. He seemed all right. Quentin? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe. Yeah, you got um, that, you, he has that kind of baggy hair in the eyes. Just, yeah, it's like any dude done. with long hair. Yeah. Like, um, I've told you, no, I, I, I've told I you Autumn calls uh, Final Fantasy sixteen the, the Chris Mosier game because you look like so much like Clive, right? Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Cloud, Clive is hot. Elle, <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, I I think I've heard of it, but no, I've I've never ever watched it. Um, but I'm going to now for the a, very adult <laughs> themes. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's uh, the TV show is a little bit like um, it, it, it's a little like CW style. Um, I mean, it's a sci-fi show, so like it obviously is a little like kind of wacky. And right. I think they we love that though. They made it. They they kind of like sexualized everybody, uh, like in a weird kind of way. Um, and it's, it's not bad at all. Like it's just, but like it just took stuff from the book that I was like not prepared to let go. It's, it's a little horny, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little horny. Oh, oh, here we are. Here um, we are. <laughs> but the books, I, I, I love the books. The books were like, oh, like what if you had to go to magic school and like magic school was really fucking hard. Like you actually uh, had to like super study and everybody has to be Hermione Granger and like you have yeah. to go or you else. You couldn't just be a fail. Nepo baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no just walking in with the fucking scar. Like you have to right. actually do the thing. Um, and it's really interesting. Like it goes some really interesting places. Also like trigger warning if you get into that. I, I feel like the first season as well as the first book has some really like uh, non-consensual sex stuff in there. So mm-hmm. like just a, a general warning about that if you're going in blind. Um, moving on. <clears throat> uh, up next is Olivia from our Patreon again. 
Excuse me, everybody. Hi, Jeremy. So sorry, me again. But I listened to the early release this morning at work because I just couldn't wait to hear what you both thought about the finale. And I was almost crying in the middle of Walmart hearing you guys get emotional about the sweet and tender moments Arthur and Merlin share. And I 100% agree that this is so fucking sad to think about Merlin wandering through life alone for eternity, essentially, waiting for Arthur to come back. Even if he went back to Camelot, I was under the impression that he didn't for some reason. He still had to outlive all of the people that he loved. First to go with Gaius, then his mother probably, then slowly but surely the rest of his friends and Gwen. This is really depressing. (laughs) And like, fuck, that's so depressing to think about that I just can't help but do it anyway. It was nice to hear Chris be a tad more hopeful and positive about it all and just offer a different perspective. The thought of Arthur rising again fills me with a sense of wonder and curiosity about the future King stuff. Really enjoyed what both you had to say about the finale and you did it in such a way that it reminded me of why this show is so damn good. I may have to make my hashtag gamer BF watch it while I stare at him to make sure he's reacting appropriately. (laughs) thanks again and i'm sorry i sent you too much don't don't ever apologize it's merlin's sitting there having to watch yet another one of his friends die as he remains the same and it's and he's like moments like this i'm glad Gwen died young um liv didn't write this uh write this into us but liv posted this in the discord and i just want to um mention it while we're we're on the topic of super sad things that merlin did uh she, she said uh the boat motor spell comment reminded me of what is maybe the saddest ha- headcanon I've ever read. Saw it in somewhere on Tumblr, I think. What Merlin says when he pushes the boat out simply translates to, quote, rest in peace. But yeah. it's a spell. So what if he makes it so that Arthur does indeed rest peacefully forever and cannot be disturbed by whatever prophecy had in mind with the time of Albion's greatest need? So Merlin would not be waiting by the lake for Arthur's return, but be protecting him from having to experience any more war, betrayal, suffering, and pain. Still prioritizing the well-being of his friend, even in death, over the needs of the world, even if it means he'll be alone forever, and whatever crisis Arthur was meant to avert is not averted. Hmm. And that's also extremely sad if you think about yes. it. Yes, really yeah. sad. We, we love we love a good tragedy, mm-hmm. but also sad for us people in England because, like, I don't know if you know, but stuff in England right now is not amazing. Yeah. So I feel like if any if any time for Arthur's going to come back, it's going to be now. And I feel like Merlin might have just fucked us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, you're up with Eloise. Eloise, okay. Um, Merlin. I never would... Should I whisper it? Merlin. I never would have thought that more than 10 years after the finale, I'd still be talking about the show online. I started watching it because of Anthony Head and stayed for the fantastic cast and charming storytelling. There was so much to love in Merlin. They really hit gold with Colin and Bradley. Without their great chemistry, I doubt the show would have had the following and and longevity. Those two managed to convey every emotion from really silly moments. Uh, I don't think, whoa, whoa, Jeremy's making edits. I don't think Bradley (laughs) got enough credit for always 100% leaning into the humor. Him running around in a crop top and saying, I'm gold, uh, will never not be funny to me. To making me ugly cry during the finale. Uh, Morgana deserved a better character development and should have been given more time to turn completely. She was so full of love for the common people of Camelot at the beginning and just randomly committing mass murder whenever she had a bad day. 
Uh, she would have been a better villain if she never lost the love for the citizens. I agree. Her fighting against the cruel regime of for the greater good would have put the rest of the characters in an interesting position too. Her dragon shouldn't have been nerfed either. Why introduce the second dragon to just not really use him? Also very weird. Very very weird moment that that happened. Uh, plus having the behind the scenes picture of Anthony Head playing his pink Nintendo DS or just Chef's Kiss. I need to see those pics. Oh, those pics I'll are send, I'll send you them. I'll send yeah, you yeah, them. They're, they're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, queer baiting versus queer coding will be an ongoing discussion about Merther. I personally always thought it wasn't meant to be either, but that the writers were more on the coding and not on the baiting side of it. They never hinted in advertising that Merther might become canon. One of the creators confirmed in the commentary that the whole show is a love story between Arthur and Merlin, and it's up to the audience to decide whether it's platonic or romantic. Pretty much every variation of ships and headcanons works in the setting of the show, too. The cast had fantastic chemistry, and one of my favorite things is that the audience can interpret the different relationships without having to ignore the canon storytelling too much uh team wolf at the same time definitely queer baited the audience they literally had actors of the main couple sitting on a ship and saying uh jeremy stop making edits i can't follow when that happens <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> i have lost my place completely hold on um team wolf had the Team Wolf, at the same time, definitely queer baited the audience. They literally had actors of the main couple sitting on a ship and saying, we are on a ship. Um, amazing chemistry between all the actors glossed over the uh, dodgiest storylines, and the BBC was absolutely foul for airing it on Christmas Eve. I was an adult when it first aired, but it was aimed at children. Happy Christmas, indeed. Thanks so much for doing the podcast. It's been a blast to follow along, and I, and I got sucked deep into the fandom again well you're welcome <laughs> um sorry about the edits i was trying okay, to okay. i was trying to arrange that so that you didn't have to read the long one and the long one would fall to me and then you just started reading the long one while i was trying to do that so it just, it just <laughs> My bad. uh no big deal no big deal um but i think lyra made some some really good points on that i just want to credit mm -hmm. the right person uh lyra made a bunch of oh, good, yes, ex yes, excellent yes. excellent points on that um i didn't remember i don't know much about teen wolf uh i, I think it's having characters sitting on a ship and saying we are on a ship is is if you're not actually like following through with that is just awful yeah yeah it's it's funny because the writers of merlin from from what i've seen and i'm not best placed to talk about you know whether it's queer baiting or queer coding because i'm not a queer person so i'm not gonna i'm gonna try and avoid doing that but the writers like i think they didn't start off thinking that it was going to have the impact that it had. And I think a kind of product of the time meant that they almost didn't take it as seriously as they should have. Mm. Like they kind of saw it as just like horny fangirls wanting to see hot, two hot dudes kiss. Right. Rather than like actually people looking for representation. Um, and I don't know, you can kind of hear it in the audio commentaries and stuff. Like sometimes the way that um, Johnny Capps and Julian Murphy talk about it, it's a little bit kind of um, sarcastic almost. Tone deaf, I'm guessing. Yeah, tone deaf. But I mean, I guess that is a product of the time because sure. I think I think at, at that point, you know, queer representation wasn't thought about as much as it's thought about now. So, um, I mean, yeah. Supernatural did the same thing. It was a joke on Supernatural until suddenly they realized how much people cared about this and how yeah. serious this was. And it wasn't just, we want to see Hot Toots kiss. It was we care about these characters we care about this representation and we care about where this is going yeah. um and i guess with all that considered i felt merlin gave me something positive i feel like they i'm not gonna say they nailed it but it just felt like it, it was there it, it was there and it, and it wasn't hiding it yeah the the finale specifically like i don't um it's 
<clears throat> Lyra brought up like the, the the commentary about like it's a it's a romantic relationship, whether that's like a platonic or their friends or what whatever whatever you want to take out of it. But like I it's really difficult for me to look in the, the those last few moments between Arthur and Merlin as anything but romantic. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just really just the way that they acted it. And I and, and this Bro, you be... forgot about your wife, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buddy, buddy. <laughs> um and it's, you know, I, th- I think the actors could probably have their own take on this. And I don't yeah. necessarily think that there's any one right interpretation of this stuff. I think it's, it's you know, you bring a lot to the table when it comes to what you're seeing on the screen. Um, looking at it from my perspective as a, you know, straight cis dude, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it as any other way. Like when you when you look at someone and you, and you say, just hold me, mm-hmm. um, it's it's real difficult for me to, to be like, they're bros. They're yeah, just they're yeah, just two right. bros. Yeah, they're just two super good bros. Uh and not to say that bros can't hold one another. I would I would hold a bro if I needed to, but I just in this particular circumstance, I I just can't I can't not see it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I totally see that. Um well now I've rearranged all of this stuff to make Chris happy <laughs> with short messages and I've ruined Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> L, you are up with Tom the Optimist. Tom the Optimist. Okay. I'm hopeful that this one will be optimistic then um (laughs) (laughs) i remember reading a story i read in ninth grade two heads of warring families both get pinned under a tree and as they realize they are stuck the two enemies realize how stupid they were to waste generations of family on this war soon they start hearing people coming towards them realizing they can stop the war and save their children's future they then realize the noise is actually a pack of hungry wolves the teacher asked, what do you take from this story? A braver kid than me said, shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, Arthur did not create a golden age, nor did magic survive. Everything Morgana, Morgos, Merlin, Kilgara, and every other mer- mage feared came to fruition. The white dragon of the future turned into a broken and twisted tool for war. Uther's genocide is complete. Shit happens. Wow, Tom the Optimist is not very optimistic. I've actually, I've read that story. I had to read that in high school as well. When you said, when you said, I hope this could be optimistic, I was like, (laughs) well. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, I was watching the show as it came out. A show can't betray me. It's not a real friend. Here is the thing. The show for four and a half seasons is a campy show. I don't mean to dismiss it, but the tone was a show where the creators wanted us to believe Gwen could marry the son of a man who killed her father. In Game of Thrones, that was a horrible thing for Sansa Stark. In Merlin, pretending to be an old man and throwing lightning is a cool battle scene. (laughs) You could not do that in Game of Thrones. They were very different shows. And so, when Merlin tries the grim death march of the finale, it did not feel fulfilling. I did not feel like I was watching the same show. This is the show with Goblin Gaius. (laughs) (laughs) The reason we hated that story in ninth grade was how ham-handed it was. If Merlin had that tone, it would have fit but it would not have been as fun as the Merlin we got. Merlin wasn't perfect. It had the troll two-parter, but it was an era... I love that, that two-parter. Uh, but it was an era of fantasy TV that was accessible to families. I actually wanted more after each episode. When it went grim, that killed the light of fantasy on TV. The last holdout finally acquiesced to what, what it thought people wanted. I loved the sense of fun the show had, but that was that. Arthur gets sent to a farm out on the <laughs> Arthur gets sent to a farm out in the country or at least what's that's what they told Merlin <laughs> Merlin waits for him like a dog in the future armor 
shit happens. Uh, oh, oh wow, man. Tom the Optimist, you need to change your name. Yeah, yeah, Tom, you were not earning this Optimist title no. by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, oh, that does speak to some of what you were saying, how the yeah. tone of the show changed, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't always land when it when it tried to go yeah. for like grimmer yeah, yeah. edge of things. It did. It does but... seem um, interesting to me that the that concept gets um, seems to come more from people that were watching it as it came out too. Like I feel like maybe you would not feel that as much if, in the in the binge culture that we're in, where we can just mm. watch it, you know, as much as we want in a row. Um, but yeah. watching this over years, you're like, oh wait, this show is, and it feels way different now. Like uh, I, I've been even on the podcast, I remember us bringing up the fact that like for most of the beginning seasons, the last bit of the each episode was like a fun little joke, whether it was like earned or not like it was a dumb little goofy like you know Gaius feeding Merlin bad food or something like it was just like a haha and then like by the end of season four like every episode is it ends with a bummer (laughs) like everybody's crying into their beers (laughs) I do like to think though that I don't know if this helps with the kind of the the sort of sad feeling of Merlin waiting like a dog for Arthur but I kind of like to think that the reason he did that and I, I also kind of think that he didn't go back to Camelot I like to think the reason that he did that is because that was his destiny. His whole destiny was Arthur. Mm. And, um, you know, the, a lot of the points about, like, you know, the prophecies not coming true and stuff, I totally agree with that. But then as a kind of to try and be El the optimist, um, I like to kind of think maybe maybe what, what if the prophecies just haven't come true yet? What if the point of Merlin waiting for Arthur to come back is to fulfill the prophecy? And that it's not that the prophecy failed. It's that it's just not happened yet it hasn't happened yet and and so merlin waiting for arthur isn't a sad thing it's he's happy to do it because he knows that a good thing is going to happen also you know his girlfriend freya was in the lake so he's biding his time he's biding his time until his main squeeze comes back yeah um up next is uh marissa and it's actually andre and marissa uh so they say hi chris and jeremy first off an introduction for us we are writing to you together so if you see we and us you know why we are two fantasy loving gals from the midwest who discovered our mutual love for merlin and have been fans of the pod since its beginning marissa found out about the podcast before it even started when she saw sydney dean sharing the gorgeous art she drew for you on her twitter shouts to sydney yeah. Uh, upon listening, Marissa knew beyond a doubt she had to share the pod with someone. She, they say pod, and Marissa, Andrea, you need to, you have to say podcast. You can't shorten it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, we don't accept. And I'm just going to do a quick control F and replace all of this. No. Um, Marissa knew beyond a doubt she had to share the podcast with someone, so she sent it to Andrea. Andrea was immediately hooked as well, and the two of us have enjoyed talking to each other about the episodes over the past year. Our sincere thanks to you for making the podcast. It was phenomenally done. Everything from the name, logo, episode title, song intros, et cetera, et cetera, was amazing. It was such a joy to listen to that it was always so exciting to think about upcoming episodes and what you think of certain scenes or characters and what your commentary would be. You two genuinely have such fun and incredible senses of humor and you made us laugh abundantly. This is getting very awkward now. <laughs> should trim some of this out. Uh, while the two of no, us were already going, keep going. huge Merlin fans <laughs> and enjoy talking to each other here and there about it, there was something about your excitement and love for the content that reawakened and strengthened our love for it. We even did a photo shoot last September for the 14-year Aryan anniversary of Merlin. We will attach pictures below for your viewing pleasure. Andrea's King Arthur and Marissa's Merlin. You guys can these scroll pictures. Down. Oh my god, Ooh. I love it! I haven't seen yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, just scroll down. Um, I think they. Oh, they, those are so good. Um, and I, I think I forgot one too. There was a there was a third one of uh, just Merlin like in the dark that was that was super cool. Um, great pictures, absolutely fantastic pictures. Yeah. 
It was quite fun uh, as not only do we have the same initials and already look somewhat like gender-bent versions of the characters, our personalities match up well with our respective characters. Andrea is, is a very athletic, noble, charming, make friends with anybody and everyone, extrovert, Marissa is a more artsy, sassy, call you out on your crap, introverts. Anyway, we will miss all the fun goofs and gaffes about Morgana's zine, Merlin flirting with everyone, the Air Force Ones, Child Jeremy, <laughs> the Lean Saga, and look forward to tuning into what you do next. Also, a special thanks for welcoming the LGBTQ plus community into your audience and also never shine away from discussing Merlin and Arthur and the romantic undertones of their relationship. It was very validating. As we are submitting this fairly last minute, it bears mentioning that your final episode was a favorite and definitely cathartically emotional. While the ending of Merlin has its flaws, Chris's perspective of hope for the future is one we share and cling to. That's all for now. Thank you for giving me Thank you for giving of your time and energy to make such a wonderful podcast and becoming respectable and treasured members of the Merlin fandom. Well, that seems like too much, Marissa. Yeah. That seems boundary. Thank seems, you. But thank I you would like to that. think that we, we have not done any damage to the Merlin fandom. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Everyone's been very, very nice to us. Um, we showed up on Reddit uh, a, a few times um, and people were very complimentary, like just the general Merlin Reddit. And, um, and that was like enough for me. Um, mm. I was like, well, if they, if these people are recommending us, like, then, then we did something good. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Is this the final one? This is the final one. So you're taking it from Ariel. Okay. Ariel writes in and says, if they do, oh, we got a question. I'm glad we got a question. Yeah. If they did a sequel series, would you rather it be a dark dystopian future, sci-fi epic of two bros or a modern buddy comedy parody? I'd be so down with anything, even just a movie, as long as it's Bradley and Colin. Um, that's a great question. It is. Um, what, what, I don't know. I, I'm, I still imagine Arthur coming back kind of as Arthur with the armor and the sword and stuff. But that's, you know, we love fantasy and I think leading into the specific types of fan, like the fantasy video games that we like and all the, you know, dark Souls stuff, I do sort of see it like a, a ruined world. Um, even if it is a modern day ruined world where we're calling, <laughs> I mean, Arthur is coming back. Um, he's Bradley. I got them mixed up. Um, but that's sort of like, I don't know. I, I, I don't envision, envision sci-fi, necessarily i don't really envision a buddy cop thing i i for some reason picture a very somber return of king arthur um even though i think that the reunion between the two would be amazing i also sort of like to imagine a version of the story where arthur has already come back um and that's my favorite headcanon is that maybe it's been five years after his death and some threat returns and arthur rises up and fights alongside Merlin and, and everybody and then gets to live out his happy, peaceful life until he dies at a ripe old age and Merlin returns him to Avalon where he'll wait again for him <laughs> to return the next time in case something bad happens. You know, this is a this is a tough question because it's the, the specific part that's really tripping me up is that if, if they did a sequel series um, and I would almost I would almost rather them do a different adaptation um, in a different kind of format with Bradley and Colin <laughs> like just do a different mm -hmm. thing right like just okay this season we're we're still Arthur and Merlin um but you know the sky is is orange or something this you know what I'm saying like I just want yeah, something yeah, yeah, completely yeah. different the sequel part I think is really difficult um because I the, the way that they ended the show coming into the modern day King Arthur would have to come back in the modern day uh, and then they would have to battle with like actual modern day problems and it's like Elle mentioned like 
royalty in England isn't super like a hundred percent celebrated <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> like there's some, right. it's a little problematic and there's been, and problem- Arthur would have to fight against like drone strikes and fighter jets. Yeah. And which I mean, like, okay, could be cool. in like a common writer kind of way, right? Um, like, unless, unless you just start to imagine a modern day world where uh, a magical dragon evil or something, even though we're trying to say that magic isn't evil, but something like that, something that goes beyond, the modern world or modern weapons or anything like that. And it takes this, you know, her- heroic person of legend to come back and, and defeat it. And I think the, I guess maybe, and maybe this fits more into a dark dystopian future, but like, it I starts would, to sound like Jesus when we talk. About <laughs> it really does. Yeah. I was just about yeah. to say, cause like, like I, I would almost want like a post-apocalyptic situation where yeah. Arthur emerges as like a, we're going to gather the last dregs of humanity or like Merlin emerges as we have to go find Arthur because this is the mm-hmm. moment um, it becomes, but that's starting to get into like, weird religious overtones and like cult-like behavior so i, I don't know like i it's it's very weird i would i just want more colin and, and bradley in the same show like i don't care yeah, what that yeah. is like i would yeah. you know uh yeah. that would be more interesting to me than just about anything else oh i'm sure you've given this a lot of thought what, oh, what, yeah. what is, what, what's your oh, yeah. what's your favorite headcanon thing to do with merlin <laughs> if you if you had a million dollars to do it i mean when it comes to fanfic i always love the like modern au's of just them like buddying along um but I think if it, if that happened in like the context of the actual show and having to have a, a proper plot, you'd end up with like Arthur fighting Boris Johnson or something, which would be <laughs> weird. Um, so I think the only way it really work would be the kind of post uh, post uh, post apocalyptic <laughs> um, dystopian future type setting. That's the only way you could kind of like bring arthur back and have merlin be like it's time and raise arthur from the dead and then you know that that would allow you to bring the knights back too because there'd kind of be a way to to do it i think in in the kind of futury maybe a merging dystopian future and sci-fi there but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that i think would be the only way you could actually make it work as like a, a a show and i think that would be quite cool actually i'd quite like that um do you know if, there was actually, go, go ahead, ahead. Sorry. i was gonna say there was actually gonna be a movie they 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 had talks about what? making um, yeah they what? had talks about making a merlin movie there was going to be a cartoon series uh and a movie oh. um and it just never happened they did make action figures i have two of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah they, they um they talked about it i think around towards the end of season four they were thinking of doing it but I think then because they just knew that season five was going to be the end. And I think that everyone kind of wanted to move on to new things. Right. They just they just never took it further. Um, but yeah, sorry, Chris, what were you going to say? Uh, oh, if, if he's the once and future king, the future has to be as epic as the once. You know, it has to yeah. be something, to, a, a, a future to match what Merlin did. So, yeah, I think I, I just think that that's that's kind of where I land what you describe. Some, something maybe he doesn't have to fight Boris Johnson, but it's it's. <laughs> A threat has now appeared in modern day, and, and it can only be dealt with by by him. So, yeah, um, it's definitely a very interesting thing to think about, and I like that the show lets you think about that. It, it didn't cap anything off too firmly that you can imagine kind of whatever you want. Like, I can imagine that Arthur comes back in a couple years. Not that very, not very dramatic, but he comes back in a couple years, fights off the great evil, and then just gets to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of imagining now that they just wake him up every like five years to be like, Arthur, yeah. there's a thing. Can you deal with the thing? Right now, you can go back to sleep. Bye. Damn it, Merlin. <laughs> and every episode ends with him shaking his fist, going, Merlin. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually reading a book right now uh, that's set in kind of like a post-apocalyptic thing, and they're literally doing that. Like, there's a guy whose job it is just basically to sleep through, 
you know, in like some weird cryostasis kind of thing. And then they wake him up for problems. So every time he wakes up, he like barely remembers anything that he's ever done with his life. He's hundreds of years old. Like he does it. He's like, oh, all right, give me the problem. I'll fix it. Like, it's just one of those kind of things. And it seems like an awful existence. It seems like a really yeah. awful existence yeah. for yeah. that dude. So, um, I think that's it, everybody. That's I think it. I think we made it through the feedback episode. Uh, every, listeners, if you're out there, uh, we just want to thank you so much for keeping up with us throughout the entire podcast and throughout the entire show. Uh, this podcast won't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to switch our weekly show back over to Monster of the Week to continue our coverage of the Winchesters. That will happen next Thursday. So if you are still looking for Chris and Jeremy, all you have to do is go to your podcast app and subscribe to Monster of the Week, and the most recent episodes will be there for you. Um, after that, we'll be making announcements as far as to what any sort of new podcast that we will be doing is. Um, you will You will hear soon. I'm sure what that will be. Uh, we're, we're excited to, you know, do the thing. Somebody asked me recently if we, when we started a podcast, if we'll do like a live stream with a, with a music video, like we did for Merlin. And the answer is always yes. If I get any excuse <laughs> to make a dumb song and build a music video to it, I'm going to take it. And then I will force Chris to live stream it with me. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, this has been just a hugely special thing for me. Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you for everybody out there that's been listening. Yeah, uh, same. It's, Merlin was a wonderful show. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to talk about it, and I'm glad that I had the opportunity to watch every episode of it, finally see it through to the end, and experience it with so many people. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Elle, thank you for joining us on thank this. This has much. been a lot of fun. Um, Jeremy, thank you for uh, you know just being you, brother. <laughs> hey, Chris. Thank you for you, you being you as well. And Elle, thank you so much for guesting. This was such a good time, and we really, really appreciate you taking the time with us. Thank you. Um, and um, you don't have to keep this bit in, but I just I really want to say that um, Merlin has always been an incredibly special show to me. Mm. Um, and I listened to it. Oh, sorry, I watched it rather. I should say um, at a time when like I was going through some stuff, and it was kind of that's why it became so special. And because of that, I sort of ended up, after I'd finished watching it, putting it in a box and putting it away and just not really going back to it. And so the podcast has really helped me rediscover Merlin and like fall back in love with it as a show in its own right without all that kind of crap that was going on behind right, the scenes. Right. Um, and so I just want to say a massive thank you to you both for like helping me reconnect with something that was really important to me and really special to me. You're right. Well, glad- You're absolutely right. We're going to take that out. <laughs> oh, I was kind of hoping you'd keep no, no, no. it in but... of course he's got to keep that in he doesn't edit anything out but no I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that, that you were able to reconnect with it that's that's great Yeah, me yeah, too really absolutely good. I'm sorry sorry to undercut that moment but yeah uh, no, no. I, I, you always do that yeah. it's good it's good you're making me feel too many feelings at one time so I have to make I know, a joke right um, so yeah this is this is it uh, thank you everybody that's been listening this entire time and um, we'll we'll see you if we decide to come back and start covering weird yeah. Arthur movies we'll see you on down the road Maybe. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.
the moment of truth. I am, ah, uh, fuck, I hope it did. Um, Chris, you can't click stop or anything on your side, right? You don't have control of that, or is that just a me I thing? I don't think that I do. Okay, so I'm going to hit stop. Oh, oh it's got two tracks. Oh, it says it's got two tracks. And now it's merged into one. Okay. So let's um, download mine. Ah, perfect, perfect, perfect. It looks like everything is here. Yeah. You got one hour 55. For some reason, I have a one hour five and one hour 43. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, whoo. Thank you, Zencaster. I couldn't couldn't have done my heartfelt moment again and made it sound legit. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is, um, that's just the best thing that I've, cancel. That's just the best thing. Yeah. So that's, that's everything saved. So this was a good idea that I had to use this program when, after the last time this happened to us. Um, oh, thank you so much. This was really, really great. Yeah, oh, this is great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just, like so happy to have been able to do it. I hope I sounded okay and that my terrible breathing didn't... <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Really I'm right so sorry that. I said the, your, your breath was like the wind. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, that's quite, like, it's quite nice and a bit Zelda-y, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not like you just sound like a hurricane on a microphone. Just, you know, your breath is like the wind. <laughs> Are you playing music right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I wanted to, wanted to make it really meaningful. <laughs> I cannot have a soundboard. This this is going to get out of control. Our next podcast is going to get out of control, Chris. I mean, hell yeah, I'm excited. Early. Uh, does anybody need to take a break? Need a refresh? I'll, you know, I'm actually I'm going to go take a break real quick. I'll be right. Two seconds. Two seconds. Okay. I'm going to have some water. There seems to be like wind on somebody's mic. I don't know if that's being picked up or not by that recording. Is that me? It might be, yeah. Um, <clears throat> is that me breathing heavily? <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. This is why I should not be on podcasts ever, because I'm just breathing into the microphone. Like it it happens to the creep. best of us. That's what, uh, that's what noise gates are for. Um, do you, does your What microphone are you using right now? Is that you're just uh, using like the headset? Yeah, just the headset, that, that headset that I bought, like with the crap mic but does it have is the microphone on like a on like a sticky outie thing or is it like a yes. wire that drapes it's, it's like a sticky outie okay like twizzle um, thing if you can just maybe uh move it away if it's like tr- rubbing against you at all every, every once in a while i was getting some like spikes it's not it's not a big deal at all nobody cares but okay. like just just as a um since we're, we're in a break anyway waiting for chris so. is that all right is that yeah, yeah okay. that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I had it close to me because you couldn't hear me very well. And that could be the case. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but also, I have okay. been told I breathe really loudly, so that's not great for podcasts. Is that a compliment or? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not a compliment when Jeff like hits me at three in the morning. Not hits me, God, Jesus, uh, like nudges me at three in the morning and says like, and says like, this is why Gwen is still your first love. <laughs> exactly. I hope he can. Um, I hope he's not listening in at the door because he'll be really annoyed at me um <laughs> it's okay it's okay jeff, worry, if, jeff you be, this, if you beat your loud wife it's fine everybody knows it it's, it's totally okay <laughs> if i just announced it to the to the entire entire internet that 
Jeff beats his wife. <laughs> Perfect. Poor Jeff, all that effort he put into getting you set up. And the funny thing is, he's the most lovely human being ever. He's such a nice person. Such a yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the doorknob that's mean, right, El? That's what they're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But but the thing is, Jeremy, now you've complained about my loud breathing and said it sounded like the wind. That's you can understand why. <laughs> I'm just picturing. Well, an, I'm picturing. Well, he's an, got a point. That doorknob's got a point. I'm picturing a uh, uh, like an old married couple at a dinner table, like just like and the, the, you know one of them looks at the other is like you're chewing too loud. Like please be quiet. <laughs> that is basically it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, uh, has my ready, wind we'll, breath stopped? We'll, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If uh, if y'all are ready, we'll jump back into it. Yep. Let's rock, Jeremy. You you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off, and then Chris, you can follow, and then um, L, you'll you'll read the third thing, and then we'll just okay. go back and forth from there. Um, and I I can't. I guess we can do the the Jeremy fanfic. It's not it's not super <laughs> long. It'll it'll go quick. Merlin. We are um, missing out on so much culture here, Jeremy. <laughs> I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Primeval was uh, was kind of bad, good, you know. It was bad, but it was good. Same as Merlin. Awesome. Um, do we lose Jeremy? He's not saying too much right now. <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy. Fr- Jeremy. Yeah. Hold on. Jezza. Jezza. He's texted me. Okay. His computer shut down. Oh, oh no. brother. Oh, oh no. brother. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh. Let's hope oh. that nothing is lost. Um, oh God! I don't oh know. God. If... <laughs> well, no, well, Zencast, Zencaster still shows that it's recording. Oh yeah, it's still recording. We're 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 still on it, right? So yeah. Yeah. so he should just be able to come back as long as we don't both leave the call. Yeah, then it should be there. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay, I think we should be. Okay. As long as it's not down to like, well, if it's down to one of us two to download it, you're gonna have to do it because don't I'll worry. Yeah, do something I will have. Weird and... I'll have Jeremy walk me through it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just his computer just turned up. So this happened oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago, as I think we, we said in the Discord. He, he lost power, and uh, for the first time ever, he lost his audio. It just didn't save it. Every other time, any other thing that we've ever run into, uh, he was able to recover it. But this time, it just didn't let him recover it. It was, it was odd. It was an odd experience. But then we got to kind of try out a new podcast format, which we were excited about. And then everybody was like, mm, "That's okay, but we like your old version better." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, "Okay, sure. Well, that one's more work, so I guess we'll stick to the one that's more work." <laughs> we'll just stick to the um, odd one little uh, behind the scenes we're considering if we ever want to like double up on shows which we're not planning to do right at the moment um one of them would just be the series talking to me on my watch uh one of them would just be like a more relaxed conversation about an episode whereas the other one would be the same format that we that makes started. sense that yeah. makes sense like i can imagine it must be a lot of work to do one podcast so like to two at the same time would be yeah. bloody impossible <laughs> right right I, we always um... have grand plans hey you're back you're back, back. uh so this local... room is still recording, so hopefully we're cool. My yeah. local copy did not get saved. Oh boy! So if Zencaster, I mean, doesn't... it hasn't stopped recording like the whole time that we've been talking. So, and when you and I did a test, it came up with a little downloadable thing for me too. Mm-hmm. So... so hopefully, I can just download it, if nothing else. Yeah. Um... Okay. <laughs> all i did i literally all i did was click on a prime evil trailer because i was curious what oh, the show no. looked like and then it just like just my, it just went dark i don't know what the fuck just happened oh that's so frustrating okay well we're gonna hope that um you'll be able to download all of my audio chris and yeah 
and we'll all just have to patch it together very carefully and we'll okay. go from there so all right and if not it's a do-over and i can do it better <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it's a not it'll be a much much shorter do-over yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'll be like hey did you like merlin yeah i liked merlin great let's do some feedback <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's um let's not okay well that was super cool so uh let me find where we were in the thing um, I don't know how far y'all went after we started talking about primeval after I left. So uh, uh, we, I think I realized pretty quickly that you weren't saying anything. Okay. So, yeah. Um, well, let's let's take it over and hopefully I'll be able to splice this in. But, um, L, are you familiar with the show Primeval? 